0: Hi everyone, Riley here. Um, I just want to jump on the mic a little bit before we get into this week's episode and remind you if you didn't listen to last week's or if you haven't seen my social media posts, um, remind you that for the next few weeks, I am going to be re-releasing old episodes that I've done with black co-collaborators, um, so the first is going to be my episode that I did with Troy McKeady of Dunzo Podcast, formerly known as The Smush Room. Uh, we did our episode on America's Next Top Model together. It was so much fun. Um, one of my favorite conversations that I've had on this podcast or, I don't know, in life ever. It was, yeah, a great time. So I hope you guys all enjoy that. Um, another quick update because I definitely knew I was going to jinx myself by saying I was going to base my donations off of my sponsorship. I immediately, basically as soon as I posted last week's announcement, lost my one and only sponsor. It's fine. Um, so I'm still going to put in an ad break in case I do happen to get another sponsor partway through June or the summer or whatever may happen, um so that's going to be in there but moving forward for my initiative for the rest of the summer in order to continue donating to black led causes and organizations that help black people um i'm going to just be pledging a i think i'm going to do 10 cents for every play so that's you know every play on every episode that i put out for the rest of the summer so 10 cents a play tell your friends about it uh listen to my episodes um and yeah that's how we're gonna raise money this summer so i hope you guys enjoy this week's episode as always reach out via dm on instagram facebook message give me an email if you guys ever want to chat about anything all right talk to you soon bye
1: is this
2: chicken what i have or is this fish what are you?
1: An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! How dare you!
2: Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This
1: is the I'm... Where's the, the land land offended? Yeah. I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 20. And I'm lucky enough to have another wonderful guest joining me for this episode, Troy McKeady of The Smush Room.
2: Hi, I'm so excited.
0: Troy, I'm so happy you're here.
2: I am too. I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. And like, we've been trying to figure out what reality show to talk about. And I feel like this is... This is going to be good. Oh, this is going
0: to be amazing. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, today we're talking about one of my personal favorite early 2000s reality shows, uh, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Spe- specifically Cycle 6 um, with the infamous Jade.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the iconic Jade. Uh, and I just want to say before we even get into it, like how much I love this podcast and how... <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Like, I think that you are so... Incredible, like I really do. First of all, you have like the most radio voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you sound like you should be doing like voice work, and oh my God. you're just really good at what you're doing. And I think that this is really cool,
0: Troy. You don't even know how much that means coming from you, because literally this podcast, I'm pretty sure I, it could be called a spinoff of the Smush Room. <laughs> I rem- the the literal reason I was inspired to do this was I was listening to your episode on what was it, Ryan Cabrera, and what's her face from. Pretty, whatever that e show, oh, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you mentioned that he, she, uh, Ryan Cabrera dated Ashley Simpson, and that was documented on the Ashley Simpson show. And I was like, oh my God, I remember that existed. So I went on YouTube that night and literally binge watched the entirety of the Ashley Simpson show. And then woke up the next morning, I was like, we need to be talking about this.
2: Yeah. Wow. The <laughs> Ashley Simpson show. That's, I mean, you know that. You know what that means to me.
0: And so, yes, it's just so full circle. So I really just appreciate you saying that and appreciate you being here with me yeah, to talk course. about this amazing reality show.
2: Absolutely. I'm so, so, so happy. And like, I love that you let the guests choose the show because it gives you like, it, I had so much whimsy trying to figure out like which which show
0: to choose.
2: And America's Next Top Model is a show that I've never talked about like on any podcast. So I'm just like, I have so many things to say.
0: Oh my God, I'm so excited. So (laughs) tell me, what's your background? Like, what's your personal journey with America's Next Top Model?
2: So this show is one of those shows. I don't know if you have shows like this. I feel like reality TV people have this and it's like unspoken. But America's Next Top Model is a show that I internally pride myself on never having missed a season of. Like, it's like some weird. Thing that I carry around life. I'm like, you know what? I'm a bitch that's never missed an episode of America's Next Top Model. Like, not many people can say that. I don't even think Tyra could say that. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're
0: right. Because you know she didn't watch Rita Ora.
2: Exactly. And I only, I mean, I watched up to Rita Ora. I wasn't loyal to the Rita Ora season. That's where I kind of like started to teeter off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for a giant portion of my life, like, this show was a staple. And if you are a Next Top Model head, you know that. Like, Tyra used to, um, like, the seasons of this show are in quotes because it would come on, like, spring, summer, fall, and winter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's why there was, I think that they call them cycles instead yeah, of seasons. they're literally
0: season. just cycles.
2: Because <laughs> it was on the whole year. Uh, we were being bamboozled. But, yeah, I, I've never missed an episode of the show, and I think that it's one of the most important reality shows in history. Like, so many TV shows that we watch that are popular – the more obvious one being Drag Race, but, like, so many competition shows have stolen from this show, and it's just incredible.
0: It's so true. I didn't even realize until I was, because, I mean, honestly, I've I've rewatched Top Model a lot, so um, I'll just, so my background, personally, just a little bit. Um, I used to think, I don't know why, but for some reason, for the longest time, I remember thinking that it was really boring and wanting nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. but then probably, like, around middle school, I, I think I just like hit puberty and I just decided that I fucking loved America's Next Top Model. And you know how they would always have just those nonstop marathons where they would just play an entire cycle in one day? Yes, absolutely. Whenever that happened, I had to sit down and watch all of it. So I was really loyal. I watched the first 10 cycles and like I've seen the first seven, eight really, but the first seven are like my bread and butter. Um, like I've seen those so many times, but after cycle 10, I just kind of fell off of it. And so I don't have that knowledge of those like middle cycles where things start getting really weird. And she starts mm-hmm. switching it up with like the short season and putting dudes in there and mm-hmm. giving someone like a beard weave. Like I've seen the music yeah, stuff, yes. but I didn't, I haven't experienced those yet.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is, I think one of the in my opinion, like the folklore of Next Top Model, like in 30 years, when we look back on reality shows, I think in a more, in the way that you and I view them, and I don't think a lot of other people do, like the whole world doesn't see reality shows as these like important relics, but one day people will look back and really have to give these shows the props that they deserve. And I think one of the most interesting things about Top Model that you can't really say for many other reality shows is that we were so much a part of the journey of it sort of floundering. Like, it had no choice but to publicly flounder because it had done everything. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, well, let's just try guys. Let's try. They literally had a season for short girls. (laughs) Like, they just did everything they could. They had, like, that UK versus US season. Like, they really tried every single possible you know, trope they could Mm -hmm. think of. And we watched them desperately attempt to try and entertain us.
0: That's so funny, because it's, like, as soon as they started jumping the shark, I just, like, sensed it, and I was like, bye, you've lost your integrity, (laughs) I'm out.
2: Yeah, the integrity was totally thrown out the window. Like, they just had... And then, I mean, the fact that Tyra left the show because she knew that it was time, and then watched it sink even deeper into, like, a grave, Mm
1: -hmm. that she
2: had to come back to it. It's just, like this show is, this show does have like nine lives, really, it just will never end.
0: It's so true. And I did watch Cycle 22, which was the last one before it got like canceled or whatever with Rita Ora with Cycle 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember like coming back and watching that, having not seen, like having not watched like a, a season of Top Models since, you know, I kind of left it at Cycle 10. And I was just so confused because it was like futuristic. And there were all of mm-hmm. these like, pieces of technology they had to interact with and it felt like they were just living in some kind of cyber world instead of, I don't know, the rest of the world was still like living in that early 2000s kind of version of top model where people are just in a normal house and the drama is just organic and then here it felt like Tyra took us to like 2037 like in the future, all the 2037 not that far off, I guess, I don't know, 2132. I get what you mean. it's like in the a distant future.
2: It's like a black mirror future just yeah. a, a little a little ahead of a time.
0: Yeah, it's weird. So, um it's interesting that you stayed with it and you kind of do you feel like um you were the frog that was put in the pot and you like the water started <laughs> boiling and you hadn't jumped out and I just like came in I was like oh my god it's boiling here. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, like legit it's like there's only maybe, there's a handful of shows that I can say that about that have been on for long enough that it that it would mean something. Um, like Project Runway is another show that I've mm-hmm. never missed an episode of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I do, I, I do kind of like look back and I'm like, I can't believe I watched all of the versions of this wacky fucking show. Like all of the judges, all of the, the versions of Tyra, all of mm-hmm. Tyra's different hair colors. You know what I mean? Like men being introduced. I remember thinking that that was like, wild i was like i can't even imagine a world where there's men on this show um so yeah i mean it feels like some kind of weird accomplishment
0: i mean i'm proud of you for having that (laughs) i know i didn't
2: at least somebody is
0: All right. So let's get into the background. Um, So it was originally created by Tyra Banks and Ken Mock. I feel like we all know Ken Mock now. Mm -hmm. His face is like burned into our retinas at the end of every episode. Yes. Uh, And the first version, of course, was America's Next Top Model, but it went on to have so many international versions. Um, And it started airing on UPN in 2003. Do you remember UPN?
2: Oh, do I? Oh, my
1: God.
0: I was never a UPN head because I really came to Top Model after it had pretty much migrated to what was then the CW. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, I remember knowing that channel name and going back and doing this research. I was just like, this feels like, it's just like, I don't know, an older version of myself is listening to these words.
2: UPN was like, UPN almost has like a, it's like tangible. Like, I feel like I can like smell it and taste it and feel it. It's like I a- know.
0: It has that vibe. Even as like someone not even watching it, I, I feel that as well.
2: Yeah, like you, it has an energy. Like it's, it was really low budget, glossy reality television shows that were really, really cheap to produce. <laughs> and you know, it, it was like just so of the time. It was so of its time period.
0: Um, so yes, so it was on UPN until the UPN merged with the WB, which again, that's just like a blast from the past. Um, so they merged in 2006 to form the CW, and that's where Top Model aired, pretty much until up until now, I think, right?
2: Um, it yeah. On VH1 now. I think now it just recently was on VH1. Yeah. Which
0: is like, what is VH1 doing with it? Took Drag Race, and then it took Top Model
2: yeah vh1 feels very confused as a network i don't feel like they know who they want to be right now and then they have like i don't know they have like like love and hip-hop is like their most popular show Mm -hmm. i guess aside from like drag race i feel like they're just generally confused
0: vh1 i feel like is another i mean it's kind of like top model in that it's gone through so many like versions of itself oh my god what it wants to be
2: i know because you know in my mind like I'm 31. So like in my head, when I think of VH1, I'm thinking like me being up at my grandma's house at like three in the morning and watching Melissa Etheridge videos.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like
2: that's VH1 to me is like alternative rock of the 90s and early 2000s.
0: Right. And then mine is like slightly after you because I'm a little bit younger. I'm 26. So I'm just like, I remember like celeb I remember yeah. the surreal life flavor of love rock of love yes Uh, the the fabulous life of like those reality oh my god best week ever I loved best week ever oh the
2: the fabulous life of just almost threw me back out of my chair
0: it's that was so good it was one of my favorite things and I just remember like I don't know being so young and sitting in my living room at my old house that you know I we moved when I was in high school so that was like my childhood home and Sitting in front of the TV and watching Best Week Ever, and then watching, like, I love the 80s marathon. Oh my God.
2: Yes. I love the
0: 80s. I wish I could recap that, but it would be a terrible recap.
2: (laughs) A recap of a show recapping a decade
0: (laughs) that I personally never experienced. (laughs) All right. So, um, Top Model had something like 47, I think I counted, international versions from all over the world. Uh, so either like single country versions, like Britain's Next Top Model, Canada's Next Top Model, there was like Vietnam's Next Top Model, um, and then they even had multi-country competitions, like the Caribbean's Next Top Model, Africa's Next Top Model, and Asia's Next Top Model. Um, and the show itself uh, airs in over 150 countries, which is insane. Like that's Crazy. such a wide global reach.
2: Doesn't... Um doesn't Heidi Klum host a version of the show somewhere?
0: I feel like, yeah, she probably does like Germany's Next Top Model or something.
2: Yeah. Like the irony of that. I don't know. That is crazy <laughs> though. Just the reach that this show, just the reach that this little low budget, you know, like dog and pony show on, is it dog and pony? Is that the saying?
1: Yeah. Is I it think
2: so. horse and pony? Oh, uh, I don't know. Dog and pony show um, <laughs> on UPN that probably cost $35 to make like is, you know, it's in every country in the freaking world.
0: And just, like, the impact that it's had, just, yeah, it's insane. So, in case you have lived in one of the, what, like, 49 countries in the world where it doesn't air, um, yeah. it's a competition reality show where a group of aspiring models live together as they perform challenges and photo shoots in order to win a modeling contract and, like, other various prizes, um, typically a photo shoot by world-renowned photographer Gilden Simone. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, I just like lived when I watched um, Real Housewives of New York City. And I was like, <laughs> Ben Simone, like world renowned photographer? As in GL? <laughs> um, and so the challenges are supposed to mimic things that they would actually be doing as models, like, you know, practicing their runway walks and going on ghosties. But they also like just veered into the ridiculous and sometimes humiliating because it's reality TV and we want drama.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, what this show put these girls through, I was actually, I was telling my friend last night that I was recording this with you, and we were talking about the show, and um, they were, like, we were joking about all the, just, like, the wacky things that they've made the girls do, just, like, to be a model for, like, L'Oreal. It's, like, you have to be able to scale a skyscraper in Las Vegas uh, in heels to do a campaign for foundation. Just go with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so, even in the earlier seasons where it was just, like, the kind of absurd um, photoshoot concepts where it's like, you're going to be floating in space, and this is because <laughs> it's, like, lightweight makeup.
2: <laughs> you're playing a ghoul version of yourself, your evil inner saboteur.
0: <laughs> and also, like, the really problematic things, like the Got Milk campaign, where they literally, like, changed people's e- ethnicities and put, like, white women in blackface.
2: Oh my god, it's such a okay, that's the other really interesting thing. Not even just the race thing, but it's such the challenges are such a look into Tyra Banks's like psyche, mm-hmm. which is already like a really scary place to imagine navigating. And this show has really laid out the way Tyra Banks like views the world in this really interesting way. Like her, her concepts and ideas for the photo shoots are insane.
0: Yeah, truly. <laughs> And I, I mean, again, like, I don't even have the knowledge of those later seasons really to know how far off the wall it went. So just even judging from the first, like, few seasons, it got very, and I just, like, I know that the producers had to be you know, working it and interfering and things like that because of the storylines, like, I'm specifically thinking of Cycle 4 with Kenya, who was worried that she was getting fat, and then she immediately got hit, like, back-to-back photo shoots where it's like, you're playing gluttony, you're playing an elephant. Yeah, yes.
2: (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, you're right, yes. I love the, the unapologetic editing of this show is another thing that I love. Really, like, I actually forgot about, I don't know how, but I'd forgotten until I watched this episode with Jade and I was like, damn, this show's editing is so unapologetic and in your face. Like the tropes and like, it's like, this is the villain. Here she is.
0: Mm-hmm. And all it's these fun. things. I it's like so the fun. It's good. Yeah. I like this old style of like mid 2000s editing. That's like a little bit heavy handed, but it's just like, they're, they're having fun with it
2: yeah it's very it's and it's it's like heavy-handed and also still in some weird way it's like light like the storylines are also light and like throwaway so easy to watch
0: Mm -hmm. um and so top model itself was pretty closely connected with tyra's talk show so a lot of the um episodes of the talk show were dedicated as like reunion segments for top model and then some of the uh, former contestants would go on and be correspondents did you watch tyra the talk show
2: i did i hate watched it every day (laughs)
0: So, my stepsister would go through these weird phases of being, like, obsessed with one TV show, and she would just watch it for hours every single day after school. And for some reason, the Tyra show was one of those, so I watched so much of it. Um, And so, it's funny, because I watched a lot of it, but I don't remember, like, I don't, I guess, we didn't pay attention to these segments or whatever, but Tyra also created, like, another spinoff of Top Model called Modelville, and so like, segments of that ran on the Tyra show. Did you know about that?
2: I don't, I mean, it sounds really familiar. You could literally tell me it was any, like, you could tell me that Modelville was any Tyra Banks branded item, like, it's like her app, oh, yeah. <laughs> or it's her interactive mobile game, or whatever,
0: Absolutely. Uh,
2: but it sounds familiar. I just, I don't really remember that.
0: Yeah, I, like, it just was, I don't know, maybe it's from, like, the Berenstain Bear dimension and (laughs) left it, but, um, so, yeah, it featured former contestants living together and competing to win a contract with Carol's Daughter, which is apparently a beauty brand, but it's also something that I've never heard of before. I'm really starting to think this is just from a parallel universe.
2: (laughs) I do know, actually, I surprisingly do know Carol's Daughter, because it's, like, like uh, Carol's Daughter, I think, I don't really know, like, a ton about makeup, only, like, YouTube makeup, (laughs) Uh, but, like, Carol's Daughter is, like, the black girl equivalent of, like, a, like, a Maybelline, like, a really basic sort of drugstore brand.
0: Interesting, because um, I think some of the, I don't know if all of the contestants, I would have to go back and check and see if they were black, or I feel like at least a few of them were white, so it seems weird that they would be competing for that contract, but maybe I misread it, but i don't know that's kind of weird
2: it sounds very tyra
0: i mean yeah this is also the woman who put people in blackface yeah like no shame so (laughs) um so obviously we've been talking about it it's had a huge impact on pop culture obviously it's been referenced in all kinds of other shows and being kind of spoofed in a lot of other reality tv shows um and there was even an E! True Hollywood story that featured a lot of the former contestants, and I think it was originally only went up to, like, cycle five, and then they went back and did, like, an update with this uh, contestants up to cycle ten.
2: Oh, I don't even know if I've seen, oh, actually, I probably did see that, but it's been a really long time.
0: Yeah, I would have to go back, I, I didn't, I don't remember that, but um, it was, like, you know, a lot of my favorite girls, they said, had been on it, so I was just like, okay, I need to see this. Um, And then there was also an oxygen show called Top Model Obsessed, which I had not heard of either. What is that? I couldn't really tell. It seemed like it was a, what it seemed like to me was that it was, you know, how they would just air marathons. And then sometimes they would put someone in between being like, and like, this is a little behind the scenes fun fact. Like, yeah, we're going on to the next episode
1: um i think it was like
0: that and it was with uh some of the former contestants hosted it like i think lisa d'amato hosted it okay but i could just be making that up but i feel like she was one of the ones who hosted it
2: that checks out that it would be like one of those shows where somebody reads like a cue card that's like in this scene so-and-so really had to get her bearings
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And another thing that was interesting was uh, in October 2008, the CW actually announced that it had ordered a spinoff pilot um, called Operation Fabulous. And so it was gonna be Jay Manuel and Miss J as they traveled the country, providing makeovers to everyday women. So kind of like a Queer Eye kind of vibe.
2: Now Um, that I do remember.
0: (laughs) And so uh, Tyra and Ken Mock would have been the executive producers, um, but the CW ultimately declined to pick up the show Which is interesting because I feel like they, at this point, Top Model was still going and Mm -hmm. it was like the Energizer Bunny, like still going, still Mm -hmm. going. So why not like, you know, kind of latch onto that, latch onto the hype. And I don't know, it's just interesting that they declined to pick it up.
2: That I remember because I always was like really fascinated in what would, you know, become of like Jay and Miss Jay. Mm -hmm. Like I was always just like, what's gonna, like, what will the, li- what will these two men's lives become when the show is over? Because they are the show. I mean, like, Tyra is obviously a massive part of the show, but, like, what people think of when they think of top model is Tyra, Jay, and Miss J. Like, it's mm-hmm. those three. And then the other people who are kind of, like, in and out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, and like, yeah. I don't know, I just, I always wondered, like, what would happen with them, and, like, I, I don't know, I felt, I always felt kind of bad that, like, they didn't take off as much as i felt like they should have
0: i know they really didn't get like the um recognition i i guess miss j a little bit but not mr mm-hmm. j like, not they
1: at should all have,
0: like um like how the current queer eye fab vibe like has that kind of cultural just like recognition yeah you know he at least deserves the level of like an Antony.
2: yeah just some i mean you should have like a youtube channel or something i mean yeah. anything
0: He's really not working. He needs to, um, not to say he's not working, but he's, like, not working his potential star power.
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: Um, And so the show faced some controversies, as we mentioned. Um, It's kind of been accused of being humiliating and degrading to young women and also just setting, like, unrealistic standards for what, you know, people should look like. And even though it's, you know, purports to be very empowering and uplifting, it's also only really features, like, tall, thin, conventionally attractive women. Yeah. Um And so there was also, uh, what I found interesting was after Cycle 10, um, the producers were served with a lawsuit from the owner of the loft that they used as a top model house, citing damages from the contestants and crew, an estimated $500,000 worth of damages.
2: When did that happen?
0: It says it was after Cycle 10. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... I don't know what really came of that or if they, like, again, this is, like, when I stopped watching, so it's, like, I wonder if they had to move houses after that and find somewhere else to film.
2: So, like, what I'm picturing is that the giant, like, (laughs) like, floor to ceiling size photos of Tyra all over the house, like, somehow, maybe a couple of them fell off. Like, I'm just (laughs) picturing some of the Tyra-centric art damaged the house, and I'm, like, living for that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they did say that um like the ceilings had been like taken out to make room for lighting equipment and stuff
2: i mean that makes sense like I'm, I'm also picturing ramona singer pulling down dorinda's pulling the quote lights down in dorinda's uh fish room and actually just ripping uh ripping like production lights off so i could see how that would happen
0: <laughs> and they did say, yeah, some of it was from, like, the models, just, like, I know, it's, like, a bunch of young women yeah. like, living together in a house. It's gonna get, like, a sorority house, which I'm sure gets really gross.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so, like we mentioned, we're talking about Cycle 6 with Jade, which did premiere on March 8, 2006. Um, so, where were you when Cycle 6 premiered?
2: 2006. I was graduating high school, becoming a man. Uh... <laughs> i <laughs> um, still working on it um but yeah I was graduating high school and I remember like going into our college house like this was there was a handful of shows in our college house that were like group shows like we would mm-hmm. watch them like all of our friends would come over and watch them together and this was like one of those shows and it's hilarious because this is like before I was like out of the closet mm-hmm. but like me and every girl in the neighborhood would like be cuddled up in like Fucking plaid pajamas watching Next Hot Model every week and like screaming oh at the TV. So, How yeah, wholesome. we, <laughs> I know, as we were like binge drinking and uh, alcohol <laughs> poisoning, but yeah, uh, we this was like a, a really big show for me, like graduating high school and going into college, even more so than it was beef like prior.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I don't know, you might hate me, but I was in seventh grade, <laughs> I was a little young in watching this. Um, well, this but was like, fun. Cycle six and cycle seven were so, like, those were the ones that I watched live, especially cycle seven. Like, and that I have like a whole story about because I watched it live in eighth grade and I remember identifying with Carrie D and thinking Melrose was a bitch. Yeah. And then I rewatched it when I was 22, and I was like, oh my God, Melrose did nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was just a journey for me. So, yeah, so watching Cycle 6 and Cycle 7 was, like, I really remember. And I remember watching, uh, not watching, but reading, like, flipping through a magazine, probably L-Girl or 17 or something, mm-hmm. and seeing the promo for Cycle 6 where they were all, like, dressed up as fairies and thinking it was, like, so cute.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I also remember this being a time, and, like, I'm sure you can attest this, especially because you were younger. Uh, I remember this being, like, a time when – like reality TV was so sort of new and these competition shows were so like, um, like at their peak at this point that like they really did make girls who watch this show think like there is a chance that I could be on this show. Like, Oh yes. I knew girls that really took this seriously enough that they would like talk about it just casually with everybody. Like, yeah, like I am going to be on top model. We'd be like, what? Like you, like, this was, like, a real thing. Like, people legitimately thought, like, like she sold you gals a dream.
0: She, I mean, she really did. And I, I'm five foot oh. Like, I'm so short. And I knew realistically that I could never be a model because I'm tiny. But, I mean, every single time I ended up watching a marathon, I spent, like, two hours afterwards practicing my runway walk and, of like, course. learning my angles in the mirror because I was just like, you know what? Like, it could happen
2: oh absolutely i mean the reason that we all troll tyra for like coming up with terms and shit and like smizing is because we're like also doing it like i would be i would be pressed to find any person who has watched this show especially in their youth in like middle school high school college whatever and they didn't like smize as tyra was like teaching you how to
1: girl absolutely
0: come on and it just gave us so much material to use too
2: Oh, my God, the quotes.
0: The smizing, the (laughs) booty-tooching. I I still remember my favorite thing, my favorite one is (laughs) when she does this, um, she's, like, trying to explain how to pose and, like, make your neck look long, and then she holds up, like, a literal sheet of paper, and she's like, look, this is me. You can't see my neck, but I'm not posing with neck. And then she just, like, stretches her neck, but you still can't see it. And she's like, but now (laughs) I'm giving you neck even (laughs) though you can't see it
2: oh my god I love it I love it Tyra
0: amazing it's, yes it's just so much it's given us so much <laughs> I
2: I heard Tyra once say on I, I actually think it may have been her talk show or she was on Oprah um her idol and I heard her say once that she ne- she doesn't get embarrassed and like even as a little girl she never ever felt that like she never felt embarrassment like she could do anything, and it was her her talk show. Because I remember her doing some weird thing when she like ran into the audience and like did something embarrassing, specifically to show I really don't feel embarrassment, and it changed it completely how I view Tyra Banks. Like, oh yeah, she doesn't feel embarrassed about anything. It's amazing.
0: <sighs> that really does make it makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. for some of the things that happened on this episode.
2: Oh my. I, I won't. Okay. Even, I'm not gonna. I won't, I won't. I won't. I won't do it. I won't spoil it. Let's
0: get into it. We've okay. been talking about this forever. Let's jump into the actual recap. So we were okay. talking about Cycle Six, Episode Five, "The Girl with Two Bad Takes." Yeah. So we get our previously on, and so um, Nina was uh, making out. Well, not making out really, but just she kind of kissed on uh, one of the male models um, in the previous photo shoot, and it made her boyfriend really jealous. Um, and so. Uh, Jade was also kind of being the mean girl and was kind of picking on Gina and Gina's confidence was affected and she was sent home. Those are really the main points from the previous episode we want to carry over.
2: Yeah and I just wanted to really quickly make the point that like we're talking about Next Top Model and I know that a lot of people listening to this would assume that if we're talking about Top Model then we would talk about the we were rooting for you episode but I chose this one because it's so like that rooting for you episode is so iconic that people have talked about it like incessantly for 10 years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is like such a memeable like I could not believe that we were getting these two memes in one episode. But like this is the this is the episode of memes. And I just thought it was like it deserves to be talked about maybe just as much as Tiff.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I I agree. And I thank you for choosing this episode because as I was watching it it was just like literally laughing out loud. And I'm just like, I just don't do that all the time. It's <laughs> yeah, so know. important.
2: I was too. Okay, sorry, go ahead.
0: Okay, so oh, wait, we get the amazing theme song, which is like, mm-hmm. iconic, one of my favorite reality TV show theme songs. Um, and so we open with uh, Brooke talking to Sarah and I guess Leslie. I wrote Wendy, but it's definitely not Wendy because she got eliminated in like the third episode. Um, and Brooke's worried because she was in the bottom two last week. And so she thinks that, um you know, she's probably going to get sent home. And she knows that she has potential, but she can't really take good photographs. Um, And then another uh, place, Molly Sue, is just talking about how Tyra isn't seeing her personality, and she's concerned. So it's just these girls, like, complaining, sorry, not uh, complaining, and, I don't know, being worried about what's going to happen next.
2: I'm just, like, internally dying at the fact that you just, like, you describing these girls and one of them being named Molly Sue is just, like, too much for me
0: i love molly sue
2: she's the best she's like i forgot about how much i loved her i think i had a street crush on her
0: oh justice for molly sue really though
2: (laughs) the inventor of the bob
0: (laughs) um and so nina is inside on the phone with her annoying ass boyfriend john (laughs) um and this is just like my first favorite instance of like the semi-shady editing that they have so we get like a flashback the photo shoot with the male model where they kind of like kissed a little bit and he's labeled as not john
1: oh
2: (laughs) oh my god i love it i love it and like this is one of those things where when you go back and watch a show from this from this era it's like the producers just like some random producer just decided this would be her narrative like of Mm -hmm. all the things that she was probably talking to people on the phone about and dealing with like that week it's like we'll just pushed the story about her boyfriend being, like, the most prominent thing happening in the entire house.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he was giving some great material, though, just the way he was crying on the phone.
2: It was everything, and then the fact that she had explained that the reason he was upset is because she had to kiss a male model. It's, like, they wanted you to, like, troll him. Mm-hmm. Because he, like, wants to take her dream. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so, um, Nina and Jade talk about it a little bit, and Nina's saying that, you know, like, their relationship is over, which is, like, the healthy decision to make. Yeah. But Jade, it's just, like, she just jumps right into it from the very beginning. So, um, she's basically saying that, you know, she doesn't have a boyfriend, she's free, nothing's holding her back, she's saying this in a talking head, so she's, um, decided that she's going to try and encourage Nina to stay with her boyfriend so that she's distracted in the competition, and hopefully she'll do poorly.
2: Yeah, Jade is getting, like, a really iconic villain edit. Like, she's Mm -hmm. getting the kind of villain edit that if you are going to be edited as a villain, you would hope that it would be this way. Like, more wacky than anything.
0: Yes, it's very wacky. And it's just, like, it reminded me a little bit of um, Drag Race Season 3 with Shangela. When she tried to, like, manipulate that episode with the... um, like, the performance that they had to do in the various, like, musical genres. Yeah. And she tried to, like, manipulate Carmen into taking reggae or whatever. And yes. And going home, all of that stuff. And Shangela just did it so well. Like, she just executed it perfectly. And this is just, like, the other side of the coin. When you try so hard to, like, manipulate the situation, it just ends up going nowhere.
2: Yeah. And you can definitely tell that the producers are aware that Jade is like their star like she's Mm -hmm. you know she's the the person that the show sort of orbits around like everybody talks you know that you're the star of the show when everybody talks about you when you're not in the room like every person who isn't in a room with her is talking about her the entire show
0: Mm -hmm. and it's so um I didn't even realize it until like re-watching it now and it becomes so obvious now watching it it's like oh yeah she was like the most amazing thing that was happening this Mm -hmm. season like she was the best tv Mm-hmm. But I remember just like watching it back then and being like, oh my god, she's such a bitch. Why does she keep getting saved from the bottom two? I know,
2: I know, I know. Isn't it funny when you're able to like break through the, ed- like, the like fourth wall mm-hmm. as an adult?
0: Okay, so it's the next day and um Tyra comes into the room of the girls to talk to them and so as she's talking to them she starts to space out a little bit and she says that she's kind of tired she's been working really hard and you know she starts to get up and then she falls down and passes out and the girls are freaking out and you know they're like worried that something's wrong with her they're checking her pulse they're like looking around I'm because I'm sure there's like a whole room full of producers and cameramen who are just like yep nothing to see here (laughs)
2: let's zoom in on Tyra dead
0: and so then she jumps up and says like screams like today you're going to learn about acting
2: <laughs> the girl's reaction to her falling i don't remember being so amazing like <laughs> I, like them saying like tyra no tyra no and then at one point i don't know if you heard this or not but i rebounded about nine times one of them goes tyra
0: we have didn't catch that oh my god we have pizza <laughs> well my favorite thing is after tyra gets up and she's like it was fake it was fake you got to learn how you're gonna learn how to act and danielle just looks at her like she wants to punch her in the face and she's like that was a good job
2: <laughs> i love that's another thing that i wrote in my notes i love the gr- the way that the girls have to just like you know, white knuckle it through these interactions with Tyra, where yes. they have to act like they're not embarrassed for her.
0: Oh, uh, like this is an okay thing to do to someone. Yeah, don't want to take it because she's like holding your future in her hand.
2: <laughs> like they're all just kind of staring at her like blankly, like you're fucking nuts, like you're crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and then Feranda literally just got too overwhelmed and started crying, which is what I would do if I were that like in that situation.
2: Yeah, she's really cute. I didn't remember how much I loved her, but she's, like, a really sweet girl.
0: Ferranda. she has that one moment of being a diva, like, at, right at the very beginning, and then I think she realizes that, like, Jade has, like, the villain on lock, so she just has to be, like, a nice girl.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't out-diva Jade.
0: <laughs> um. So, anyway, Tyra, you know, jumps up and says that uh, she did that because that they're going to learn about acting this week, and it's all about being convincing, and I was just like, okay, girl, sure. I know, it's ridiculous. Like you didn't just want to like fuck with your like you know these young vulnerable women Stanley Kubrick style
2: <laughs> Like everything is so meta and deep like Tyra enough mm-hmm. of the game so,
0: then she literally perpetuates the cycle of abuse because she gives them all a gift. Oh
2: She's like, here's a tank top wrapped up in a rubber band for you girls. (laughs) Here, gals.
0: Honeymoon stage.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. She's she's like, oh well, to make up for that, here is some shirts. And so, (laughs) I guess these shirts are like, I think they're from her T zone camp or something. Which sidebar is a horrible name because it just makes me think of like an oily T zone.
2: I know. Agreed.
0: Um. So yeah, it just says like their names on the front, and then on the back it says, I'm going to shine. Yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't know what that's about, but they all get these T shirts. Um, and then the girls go to the Graveling Theater to learn about acting.
2: I actually was, like, really into this. I always love when the girls have to, when I know that there's an acting challenge coming, like, this is such a double whammy episode, because it's, like, for me, Next Top Models acting challenges are always my favorite of the whole Mm -hmm. season, Mm -hmm. always.
0: Yeah, they're, um, some of my favorites, I remember the, like, Dita Von where they had to do the burlesque like stripped piece oh yes good.
2: oh my god
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah they're um they're going to learn about uh acting and they're going to play some improv games and so Jade has a little uh talking head where she says that she's always wanted to take a professional acting lesson and that she thinks she's made for the stage which of course she thinks that yeah <laughs> I mean she probably is maybe not improv but <laughs> something else
2: but like don't you think that one of the things that makes you love Jade even more is that she's bad at everything yes of course (laughs) like because she's so confident and it doesn't make any sense because she's bad at every single thing they do
0: (laughs) and then she just like tries to explain it away and like blame it yeah (laughs) whatever else is happening (laughs) um so yeah they do some improv exercises like this is very basic like Improv 101, Mm -hmm. first day of class. I'm surprised I didn't play fucking Zip Zap Zop.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. It's like, show me your angry face. And it's like, everything's hard for them still. Mm
0: -hmm. Act like Janice Dickinson. And then I really, like, Feranda just falls onto the ground. And I was like, are you playing her drunk? Because I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: know. And even them making that reference, it's like, wow, this era. Like, we're in this era of not top model where that's, like, still, like, um a hot button. That's like a, a, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's like, that's teen. You know what I mean? She just got fired not that many years ago. It's mm-hmm. still kind of like risque to even mention her on the show.
0: Well, she was in the first episode of the season when they were doing the, like, interview challenge, like, do a group interview, but there's only, like, two microphones.
2: Really? Oh, my and God. Then I used Yeah. That.
0: And then she went out to, um yeah, this is the episode, too, where she, like, went out to dinner, and I forgot what happened, but she, like, got into an argument with someone, and she's like, zip it. You're dead to me, bitch.
2: Oh, my God. Janice is...
0: Over Ugh. nothing. This literally knows. over, like, she said something, and then, like she said something that was incorrect i think about someone and that person tried to correct her and she's like you're dead to me i fucking
2: love janice dickinson so much i can't put it into words
0: so yeah they do those improv exercises and then um he tries to relate it back to modeling being like oh you're gonna have to portray stuff as a model and you just have to go for it like i think we already learned this lesson but okay sure yeah Um, and so then they start playing this, like, tell a story one sentence at a time type game. You know, it's whatever. They're all really bad, like, at their sentences. Like, they don't say any, like, a normal sentence that a person would say. It's always just, like, she entered the room. And then, like, you know, it's just, like, they use these adverbs and shit.
2: Yeah, they're, like, doing things that they think, like, actors would do. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they're all being really super basic is the problem.
0: Um, Feranda starts speaking like a British accent at one point.
2: Yeah. It's like, oh, because actors are all British.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, Feranda says that, and then Jade starts to um, say something, or maybe Jade starts in the British accent, and then Feranda goes on to say stuff. Anyway, Jade interrupts her for like no reason, and she gets called out immediately by like the guy who's leading the acting exercises.
2: Yeah, and there's like nothing more uncomfortable than... Uh, Oh, you're already, like, in an uncomfortable situation because you're having to improv. And then as you're in the middle of, like, being vulnerable, somebody interrupts you to improv over you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jade is, would be a horrible improv pop partner because, like, she literally does not listen and she, like, does not yes and with you.
2: No, absolutely not. She cuts everything off so that everybody says and makes a point that is not at all what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, she gets called out, um, and he even says, like, sometimes it's not all about you.
2: I know. Which, like, I love that, because it's like, how do you know everything about Jane, sir?
0: I know, right? It's just, like, her immediate, like, persona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, So the girls go back home, and we see another scene of Nina on the phone fighting with her boyfriend, and so Jade's in there, like, in full, trying to be Shangela mode, literally, like, writing sentences out on a post-it for her to read off to her boyfriend, and Nina's just reading them, like, I need you to trust me, John. (laughs) I love that.
2: You're not listening to me. He's like, yeah, I am.
0: (laughs) It's hilarious. Like, everyone, I feel like everyone, all three of them are wrong.
2: (laughs) Oh, for sure. I mean, like... her I forgot about her reading that post-it that was really funny
0: it was so funny because she's just trying so hard to manipulate the situation and it kills me that nina's like on board with it at all like why would you take any advice from jade yeah like
2: how are you that vulnerable like that like uh, naive that you would even think to read anything that she's writing to you to her boy, your boyfriend
0: mm-hmm. i mean it's like jade even said like she's single she's not in a relationship why are you getting your relationship advice from her
2: It was also really funny, too, how cold Nenna was being to her boyfriend. I love, like, there's, like, a moment where she says, like, like, if you keep calling me, I'm gonna hate you when I come home.
0: Yeah, she was, like, really, I mean, she, he was being so smothering and, like, unsupportive, so she was, like, definitely right, but she should have just, like, set down the boundary and, like, hung up on him.
2: Yeah. But But it was, like,
0: I think this is later on in the episode that she says this, he's, like, why, like, I love you, and she's like, well, your love is causing me pain right now. Yeah. And I was she, like, that's so true, though. Like, you're being a bitch to her.
2: Yeah, she was very, like, matter of fact about it. It was relatable. Mm-hmm. That's how I deliver. She's, it was very mean. That's how I deliver, like, uh, terrible things. I'm always, like, very, like, deadpan about it and don't realize.
0: And I'm, like, John, just, like, crying on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> So the girls get a Tyra mail and it says, don't be afraid to wild out. Um, so then m- movie magic, we head to the set of wild and out yeah. to meet Nick Cannon and uh, two other random actors, I guess, from wild and out whose names I didn't write down.
2: You mean, you didn't need to
0: yeah they're not important um so they're gonna play some more games like improv games um for the challenge and then the winner will win a role on the hit upn show veronica mars which is funny because normally i would like call that out as being like oh there's a dated reference but like they're making a new season of veronica mars
2: i know and while and out is still very much on tv and people is like it? live oh people are obsessed with it it's crazy what
0: who's Who's Wildin' Now? Is it still Nick Cannon?
2: Oh, girl, it is fully Nick Cannon. Like, people, like, watch that. It's crazy. Like, 13
0: years later?
2: People are obsessed with it. It does really well. It's, like, one of MTV's highest rated shows. People love it. It's crazy.
0: I'm shook to my core.
2: Yeah, like, Wendy Williams was just on it. I mean, people, like, go on it.
0: Ah, okay well good for you nick i guess like you found your niche and you're making money you have those babies to support so yeah
2: he's like a wacky brian seacrest
0: that's so funny okay well good for them i guess i can't yeah. talk shit on wild and outer Veronica mars <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: i know I'm crazy um
0: so they play props which is like you know if you watch whose line is it anyway this is like a core standard game where you like take a prop It's all very, you know, standard stuff, but Danielle makes a bulimia joke, um, which I realized, you know, will not, would not necessarily fly in 2019.
2: Yeah, they're all just doing, like, really basic, like, I'm kind of afraid to be vulnerable vulnerable right now, so I'm gonna make a real quick, like, one second joke that, like, takes no thought or depth at all. Like, it was just, like, basic to the point of being uncomfortable for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. But at the same time, I'm a person who's taken a lot of, like, intro-level drama classes just as a person who likes to do that sort of thing but doesn't want to commit to, like, being in the theater. (laughs) So I end up in, like, class with a lot of those kinds of people who are just, like, very surface-level and, like, afraid to really commit. So it's just, like, I'm kind of immune to it at this point. I was just like, oh, they did pretty good for models.
2: Yeah, like, that one girl was, like, uh, what did she say, like, she, like, put a lampshade on her face and was like, hey, what's up? This is my Sandy Crawford yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. I'm
0: Cindy
2: Crawford mole. Yeah.
0: I'm Cindy Crawford. Should I get this mole removed?
2: And, and they're all like, like yes!
0: Oh! <laughs> and then Molly Sue has, like, the tire, and she's, like, holding it up to her, like, ear, and she's like, oh, do you like my new hoops? But I'm like, mm, that's a little bit, I don't yeah. know. She had, like, a little bit of a coated accent. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't know if you should uh, be doing that as a white woman, Molly Sue.
2: There was a lot of uncomfortable things happening. Could we talk yeah. about that rap?
0: Oh, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get okay. to it. Okay, all right. Um, so before there, we, they play questions, which again is another, like, who's line staple. And this is where Jade truly shines. Well, one of the places where Jade truly shines in this episode. Um, so they get, you know, scenarios where they're just supposed to ask questions back and forth. Just, you know, you can't say a statement. You have to ask a question. And the first scenario that jade gets is a job interview which should be the easiest of like all of these to say like just just do questions right and she opens with i'm sorry you don't have the qualifications <laughs> <laughs> it's so good
2: <laughs> and then when they tell her that she did it wrong and she lost she's like "Man, oh, you gotta explain this stuff It's
0: right. <sighs> confusing and nick goes the game is called questions. <laughs>
2: Like, your only task is to literally ask any question that exists.
0: Oh, my God. But it it kills me that it's, like, that's not even an interview. That's straight to, like, you're not qualified. Get out of my office. (laughs) Like, she's just trying to find ways to be mean. I know it's so good it's so good so also we get some super fun editing here too where she gets like a buzzer after she says it and it's like not a question like stamped across the bottom of the screen. Yeah. All right so then Nick just goes start with what where when and why like if you start with one of those you'll be fine and so he's like okay next scenario this should be easier for you rich man and poor man. And so then she just goes, my dick is bigger than yours.
2: <laughs> I'm dead. This woman is iconic.
0: Ugh. Which, again, has nothing to do with the scenario, because poor men can have big dicks.
2: Yeah, like, she just is, like, trying to find ways to be shady, and it keeps backfiring and making her look so dumb.
0: Mm-hmm. And so so we, we get the other buzzer, and then it's, like, definitely not a question and so <laughs> then we get her talking head and she's like she says something like even though there was laughter and jokes that wasn't humor to me I was just like what 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 and then each time she says what it like dings and it's like question question yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> like she's oh god
2: she got the best edit on this show like she is I, I, I would have been so jealous of her if I was any of the other girls watching the season back
0: Honestly, even like the two, um, like the winner and the top two, Joni and Danny, are just like, eh, you guys are fine. Yeah. You're, you got cr- good personalities, I guess.
2: Yeah, but you won't get these wacky, um, edits.
0: Uh, it's like, your... um, flavor of love, hobby. With every time she blinked, and they mm. had, like the bicycle bell.
2: Oh my god! I know, I love it.
0: <laughs> it's good. Okay, so now we have what we mentioned earlier. They have a rap battle game. And it's oh, it's rough, huh?
1: It
2: is my every hair on my arm went ping,
0: ping, 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 <laughs> ping, 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 ping.
2: I like literally was so uncomfortable. I had to rewind it. <laughs> it was horrific, and I actually like I had to write down Jade's rap.
0: Okay, but before we get to Jade, I do want to say that Joni's was pretty good. All things considered.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Joni's was cute. It made me a little bit uncomfortable that she said we have two African queens on our team because it was just, like, Nina and Faranda. And I was like, I mean, Nina's from Africa, but Faranda's just, like, from Arkansas, I'm pretty sure.
2: I know. Like, she, like, had to be the one to point out that she's, like, a white person rapping. She's like, it's me and this white guy
0: in the room yeah but okay. so I was like but at the same time since she was the best of like anyone I was like I mean you kind of you kind of earned it I guess
2: mm-hmm. and she was like the most not afraid to look stupid like she really was just like into it
0: yeah so I like I like Joni she was a little bit problematic at times this season but overall I thought she was pretty good and I liked her little rap
1: yeah it was, even though it was a
0: little bit awkward yeah okay but then Jade's rap my god
2: I don't I don't even really have like words first of all it was a paragraph <laughs> it was not a rap. It was her just freely speaking. And then at the end, she was like, I should rhyme something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She just spoke with like a slight meter to it.
2: She said, my name is Jade, the ace of spades. Veranda, my dear, I know your skin is bumpy, but my skin is flawless and you look really lumpy. And they're all like, what? wait, what? <laughs> Why are you being so mean?
0: <laughs> it's, yeah oh god
2: (laughs) but like to point out like veronda was like literally standing in the background like behind everybody just like chilling and like dancing and enjoying herself
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and she like randomly pointed at her it was like you have acne
0: yeah literally was like this is just something i can exploit that you might be insecure about
2: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) well did you write down what she said for sarah too
2: you're blonde. you're too tall for this industry. You know what, I'm in this, way. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're blonde. you're too tall for this industry. You know what, I'm in this real shit. And you're not, because let me tell you, they are gonna not blow up your fucking spot. It's like, sweetie, that's when you just start typing words in your iPhone autocorrect. Like when you just start like putting words in and it, it chooses your sentences for you. That is not mm-hmm. a sentence.
0: But she just still had to be like you're too tall for this industry mm-hmm. like the one thing that sarah's been super insecure about yeah exactly <laughs> and it's just like yeah so aggressive and yeah she was like the only one who was cursing everyone else was just like lighthearted, <laughs> having fun
2: <laughs> oh my god i love it
0: and so um brooke is also there but she doesn't do anything at any point
2: <laughs> i mean is brooke even like this book Brooke is a really weak weekend of Bernie's situation. Like, they're just rolling her in <laughs> and propping her up so that she can like whimper in the background.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there she is. Like, a little glimpse of like brown hair in the back.
2: And of course, it's them like trying to push her out, her being like,
0: no, I'm too <laughs> Uh, and I hate that when people, like, won't do something like that in that situation. Like, I know it's uncomfortable, but it's one of those things where you're just judged on participation, and if you just do it, no matter how stupid you look, like, you'll look good for having done it.
2: Exactly. You'll look better. Like, you'll look, like, more secure with yourself. Like, you mm-hmm. look so dumb not doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a hard time, like, watching those kinds of situations, because it's, like, that secondhand embarrassment.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um. So, Nick gives them their notes, and he says, um, <laughs> He tells Jade that, again, one of the key things in improv is to listen. Yeah. <laughs> so she says she's a talking head where she's like, I feel like I would have done okay if I just had more direction.
2: <laughs> Can I also just like, I wrote down some of my favorite Nick critiques.
0: Oh, yes, please.
2: Leslie, I respect the way you went hard. <laughs> Joni, you have fun with it. Daniela, you keep it real. Nena. You're naturally funny. Like, hi, Brooke. I know where you was at. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) I literally didn't write any of those down because I was like, these are so meaningless. What the
2: fuck? I don't even know what to say. Danielle, you keep it real.
0: What are you (laughs) talking about? Leslie, you what did he say? You went hard? He said, Did she get any airtime?
2: He said, Leslie. I respect the way you went hard.
0: I think, was that, like, because of the Cindy Crawford mole comment?
2: I guess. It was, like, her throwing really hardcore shade, mm-hmm. like, dropping bars.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is interesting, to, though, too, because he specifically points out that uh, Molly Sue has a huge personality.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your personality is huge. Like, <laughs> tell
0: Tyra! Let Tyra know! I know.
2: And then to Veranda, he said, very sharp, very quick.
0: And yeah, Faranda does have a good moment there at the end um, when she was like rapping against the guy, the one of the wild. Oh menaceous. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. She kind of so stole she, the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and she like actually has rhythm, and but she also like isn't a jerk.
2: Mhm. She's like being cute about it and like humble.
0: So she wins the role on Veronica Mars, and then she also gets to pick a friend for a bonus prize. And then Jade has the audacity to turn to her and say, "I volunteer." <laughs>
2: Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this woman. Where is she?
0: And Faranda's talking head where she's like, Jade and I are not friends.
2: <laughs> and she's still so, like, respectful about saying no. Like, she's such a, like, a, a nice gal.
0: Mm-hmm. So she chooses Nina, Um, and they tell her that she and Nina will have the opportunity to do a PSA, and I love, so she's like, you'll do a PSA, and Feronda goes, public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this
2: is like literally what I sounded like watching the episode like I was like belly laughing especially at this specific part I was dying
0: it's so good and then we get into just like the next part it's so good okay um so they're in the car back to the house and Joni, Sarah, Molly, Sue uh I guess it's just those three they're talking about what a bitch Jade is basically Mm -hmm. and that she was the only one who was like cussing or like actually attacking people in the rap battle and just complaining about her
2: and Joni says she sure doesn't act like she's almost thirty.
0: Okay, as another twenty six year old, nothing wrong with being thirty, but I don't feel like I'm almost thirty.
2: It's like what is she supposed to be doing, like carrying a cane around the house and like <laughs> knitting like
0: also, like how old is uh Joni? Is't she like twenty two or twenty three? Yeah, so' like Jade has the same amount of like distance to thirty as she has to Joni.
2: I thought that was such a weird comment. She sure doesn't act like she's almost 30. It's like, what What does that mean? Like 30-year-olds aren't mean?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That I mean, I guess she just drama, manipulative, petty, but... <laughs> girl.
2: I was just triggered.
0: Just wait. <laughs> I was triggered, too. <laughs> um, so at the house, Jade is talking to Ferranda, and I just love this because Ferranda is just stonewalling her. <laughs>
2: Oh my God! it's um, amazing!
0: and so Jade goes on to say that like everyone I, like everyone who meets me thinks I'm a bitch they think I'm arrogant, but I'm not I'm the realest individual
1: <laughs> and then she oh
2: fuck, I forgot i wrote i i re, I wrote this in caps because I thought it was so funny. I think I was watching this like I watched this probably three or four times when she goes, "I just feel like you put up a facade like there's mm-hmm. a facade that's like being put up with you, and she goes, a faace." <laughs> she goes no jade a facade a facade and she goes i, I don't what is a facade
0: i know she's like a facade like making fun of her as if Feronda got it wrong and i was just like no girl
2: like she's saying it right a bunch of times in a row she never stuttered the
0: word and honestly Feranda is actually being like incredibly real right now because jade's saying that stuff and Feronda's like trying to give it to her straight and being like you don't act like this this is the reason people like you know you put up this facade of being um like real positive like actually trying to give her kind of like some real talk and some advice and jay just can't take it like she has no capacity for a self-reflection of any sort
2: what is a facade like, it takes more effort for you to even say that word like you're just being insane right now mm-hmm. and of course she's like like we also have to mention that in every scene she's draped in like 40 dramatic <laughs> scarves all over her body
0: or, like, wearing a towel, like, as a head wrap. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, she's very, like, little, edy vibes.
0: Um, and Jade also says that she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I've just had the craziest life. I need to write a book, and you should read it. <laughs> I love that, too. Like, what is that even supposed to mean in this context?
2: <laughs> I've just lived so much. It's like, what are you talking about?
0: What are you saying? Uh, I love her. Um, <laughs> And then we get another cut to Nina just, like, arguing with her boyfriend on the phone again, and everyone's annoyed that she's monopolizing the phone. I mean, I would be super pissed. And we get this little moment of Brooke and Joni talking together in their room about it, and Joni says, Nina's, like, 120% book smart and, like, 4% common sense smart, which still adds up to over 100%, so I feel like (laughs) she's doing fine.
2: (laughs) I know. It was very, like, she had said something, like, um... You know, everybody thinks that she's just like this nice, sweet, innocent girl, but you know, she's really not. It's not true. It's like this is like such a true thing of like they found like her flaw, which I guess is that she's on the phone too much.
0: Mm-hmm. Well I And
2: mean, now she's evil.
0: She, she has some moments like later on in the episode too.
2: Yeah, she does seem really cold and like really like uh just like very like cold and numb to the other girl's feelings. <laughs>
0: person who can be like super super charming and charismatic to the judges but like Mm -hmm. back at the house like she doesn't care to put up any kind of energy into like her relationship with the other contestants yeah and so it's just like the judges will never know because she just like turns off the charm like when they're out of sight
2: which is weirdly like a necessary next top model trope that's like you know a tale as old as time the girl that's like charming to the judges but like really mean at home
0: Mm -hmm. but it's also like that's that's life baby like
2: yeah like what are you supposed to do I'm not charm sure the judges. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. So the next day they go to this like beautiful house in the hills, like all of them randomly, so that just for Rhonda and Nina can go film their PSA. And so then we get our little like top model, like this is a very special episode kind of moment where we have to like teach the audience something. Um, so we meet this woman named Marvelyn and she tells them her story about being infected with HIV and how she acts as a spokeswoman for like the um, foundation. And then just explains that Veranda and Nina will be doing a PSA um, and how as models, they have like a further reach to, you know, the people. Which is weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like these random two women show up on my television screen and I'm just like, oh, wow. You're a model.
2: Yeah, like what's her name goes, Veranda goes, as a supermodel, this is what I want to do with my platform. <laughs> We're not there yet.
0: <laughs> right, because there are so many supermodels filming PSAs.
2: Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> for UPN.
0: Um, So we see them film their PSA. They do a good job. I think it's, like, it's interesting that they do this before they have their, like, challenge later on in the episode because it's, like, Nina and um, Feranda have had more experience in front of the camera, just, like, being able to be a little bit more comfortable being in front of a camera. hmm I feel
1: okay, like yeah, maybe that, that.
0: that affects their performance later on since they seem to do better than the rest, typically.
1: Yeah,
2: I really didn't even think about that. That's, like, I guess that would have been kind of the point of Obviously, to, like, bring awareness or whatever, but also, like, kind of the point, you know what I mean? To get them, like, more camera practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they do a good job on their PSA, but I do notice that Feranda is wearing a belt buckle that says Feranda on it. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's the best wardrobe choice.
2: Oh, wait, is her name Feranda and not Veranda with a V?
0: It's Feranda with an F.
2: Oh, I've been calling her Veranda. Okay, good to know that it was on her belt. I should have read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, now you can just go back and look it up. <laughs> but just like imagine watching that because it's like if I were to see a PSA come on my TV screen, I like wouldn't pay attention if it was just like this unknown model that's like not like not famous, and I would see that and I would look at that belt buckle and be like, what is a Veranda? <laughs> yeah, like what does that word mean? Is this a brand? <laughs> yeah.
2: I forgot about the era of like belt buckles. Like that was like a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't know. I thought it was funny. It was like you need maybe like a little bit more of a neutral wardrobe being on TV
2: for a PSA
0: about like getting yourself tested for HIV and how like <laughs> one in four infections are for people under twenty five or whatever it was.
2: <laughs> She's like wearing one of those belts that has like you remember those belts that had like a scroll
1: on it?
0: <laughs> yes, with like, like the out. LED lights.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> it's like get tested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they filmed their PSA, and then the next day we also see Feronda going, uh, she goes to San Diego, which, isn't that like a two-hour drive from L.A.? I feel like that's like a couple hours away.
2: I don't even think about that. I guess, yes. well, at least they I were just in the memo.
0: noticed it. Um, So she goes to San Diego to film Veronica Mars. She shoots, shoots, I can't even speak, she shoots her scene. It's cute. It's fine. She does a good job. Um, but my favorite part is she's talking about it, and she's just like, yeah, being, like, doing the Groundlings improv really helped me, like, you know, it reminded me that I need to commit to the character, so I really committed in my mind, you know, I'm Beverly, I'm a secretary.
2: It's like, girl, it was very, do you ever, do you watch SNL ever?
0: Um, not really, actually.
2: There was this SNL episode recently where Emma Stone was a, um, a, an extra in a, a, like a porn, like a gay porn. Oh, God. She, like, took the character, like, really, in, like, really seriously as if she was, like, Meryl Streep and, like, was, like, heavily, really affected by, like, the deepness of her character. Like, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of the whole time. Like, you, she literally had one line and it was offering somebody a letter opener.
1: <laughs>
0: I know, and she was just, like, and you could see her in her little, just, like, silent, you know, shots where they're just, like, getting her face and she's, like, nodding and furrowing her brow. Like, I'm thinking about all of my tasks. Mm-hmm. secretary yeah like i'm yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> living in the fantasy
0: she really was she's like oh my god i have to like go out and i have to go over here and now i have to let me get my letter opener
2: <laughs> you can borrow mine
0: <laughs> so yeah she's like the sassy secretary too <laughs> um no, that was cute
2: though. she did a good job
0: she she was really cute like we're giving her a little bit of shit but it was actually pretty adorable yeah All right, so back at the house, I believe Jade is reading Tyra Male, but she calls it Tyra Mizale. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, I'm only giving you a pass because you're Jade.
2: It's like, okay, so you are obviously a Drag Race watcher. And Mm -hmm. isn't it just so crazy to watch this show knowing that, like, Drag Race is obviously just a, it's a parody of this show. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Drag Race feels so fresh and new. And watching this feels so old but it's the same show
0: well i don't know because i've stopped watching the, like most recent seasons of drag race because honestly it's just too much
1: yeah it's a like,
0: lot like it's a little bit jump the shark and then also it's like i need a fucking break to miss it and i just haven't had a chance to miss it yet
1: yeah none but of mean,
0: have. yeah there's there's definitely i i mean there's like more of a twist there's more of that subversion in drag race whereas this is just like more straightforward kind of like surface level
2: yeah yeah Even drag though they are
0: like the same thing basically
2: yeah drag race is like the uh, like the self-aware version of this show
0: well it used to be and then it just turned into its own version
2: yeah now it's like specifically for middle school girls to like just spend money like it literally yeah. is just propaganda but anyway
0: <laughs> well, that that's another, <laughs> another podcast episode. yeah exactly <laughs> us on Drag Race. Um, <laughs> all right, so yes, Tyra Mizale, and so it says, can you cram a whole party into 30 seconds? And then for Rhonda, smart girl that she is, she's just like, commercials tomorrow. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> <laughs> um so they go to another beautiful house in the hills and they're going to be filming a commercial for cover Girl. it's going to be improvised so that's the whole point of this past week of lessons
1: mm-hmm.
0: um don't you always love the fucking stupid transparent product placement that they have while the girls are getting ready
2: oh my god it's the best they like zoom in so intensely on the brand and you hear the person say like well now i'm just gonna use a little bit of the cover long lasting concealer <laughs> really quickly like,
0: yeah, and then the girls are always like, oh, wow, yeah, it's going on really smooth. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have this at home, actually.
2: <laughs> I always trust this brand.
0: Um, so then Jay goes over and tells them that they basically have two lines that they need to land, which is something like long-lasting, clean-wearing liquid makeup, or something like that. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else is going to be improvised. They need to, like, interact with the party, and they only have two takes each. So... Uh, Sarah's up first, and then Jay just kind of explains, like, this is the route that you have to walk, so they have to, like, walk upstairs, they have to walk around a pool, there are, like, a couple different groups of guests that are going to be, like, in their way that they have to, like, interact with and get around somehow, and then they get to the end, they have to say their line. So Sarah does pretty well, like, I'm actually pretty impressed, because she had always been a little bit, like, shy, she seemed a little insecure, but her improv line was, like, put your best face forward, which I thought was really cute.
2: Yeah, I thought she did a really, really good job. Like, I th- I feel like had she not held a like hot toddy or whatever the fuck she had <laughs> in her hand up like in front a of
0: the- my tie, <laughs> it was
2: like some drink that had nine monkeys hanging off of it. Um, I think she would have like won. I mean, she I know, yeah, did really good.
0: But yes, um, she commits a cardinal sin of like holding alcohol in a cover girl commercial. And then she, like, also is holding it on the same level as the product itself at the end, which is, like, very awkward. And it's, they're both out of, like, frame anyway, so. Yeah. She would have done okay if she hadn't, if she had just put the damn drink down.
2: Yeah, and shown the thing they were selling on the camera.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So then Ferrand is up, and so she's talking about, like, oh, I'm, I learned about commitment. I have to commit. Like, she's very, she's like, I learned this today. Yeah. Like, I'm applying my lesson. Um, so she does pretty well and she her improv line is so good. Um, so she's like, parties are so unpredictable, but your makeup doesn't have to be. Like she's yeah. delivered it really well too.
2: Me and uh Jay had the same face at the same time when I, I was <laughs> like, Whoa, she just killed that.
0: Oh, I love Jay's face right then because his eyebrows just go up.
2: Yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah, I'm like so far really impressed with like the two like improv lines that the girls have given. Yeah. And so then, Joni goes up, and Joni is so just like—oh my
2: fucking god!
0: She's like drunk. I feel like because she's like, ah, I love Los Angeles. I love hosting parties for my friends.
2: (laughs) And she's very sort of like, like she's like doing. Like I'm uh, guilty of this too. Where like when I'm really nervous about something, I force myself to. Appear like I'm chill, but it ends up looking like you just don't give two fucks,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not one. So you're just. She was just like fucking flailing her arms and like stomping around through the party, like knocking people out of the way. Like she looked like she couldn't care less about what they were doing, but she's probably just like so scared.
0: Just wandering around.
2: But it was really funny that when she walked up the stairs and said that, mm-hmm. "Come to Los Angeles."
0: She's <laughs> like, "I love coming to Los Angeles." I was like, "Bitch, have you ever been to Los Angeles?" I know.
2: <laughs> And her explanation she is funny um interviews. She's the interview queen to mm-hmm.
0: me. Yeah, she does have really good talking heads.
2: I thought her explanation of what she was doing was so funny when she was like, I had no idea what I was saying. And she said something like, um, I could have been reading like the instructions on how to like bake muffins or something.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is
0: what she sounded like when she was trying to give those lines.
2: Yeah, she was so nonchalant about it. I love coming to parties and LA. that Um <laughs>
0: And then Leslie goes and she's like talking so fast. Like, I didn't even write down what she said, but she was just like, Bler! like, easy, greasy, beautiful, cover yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. and Jay even says, like, it sounds like you're doing a pharmaceutical commercial where you're like reading the side effects really fast at the end. <laughs>
2: yeah. She like ran through those guests. She's
0: like, hey guys, thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, how's it going? Bye. And, like, and she, everything she says is so fast too.
2: Yeah, she was like speed demoning through the party.
0: Um and then Molly Sue goes and so she has a talking head. It's kind of sad because she's like, this is like my element, like I really want to do well on this. And she had been like feeling really confident because she felt like she had gotten good feedback like at the improv games. But she just like chokes and she like gets to the end. She just like stares into the camera and she's like, long lasting.
2: Oh my god, the way she delivered her what did she say when she was coming up the stairs? Did she say a thing?
0: <sighs> I can't even remember.
2: It was very just like she was so aggressive in her delivery. Like it was so, she's like, "I love coming to LA. I love parties.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm <laughs> um, cocktail. Mm-hmm. Party friends. Mm-hmm. Um, long lasting.
0: Yeah. She was like glaring into the camera and like she would like frown and nod, and be like, "Long lasting, clean, liquid wave makeup. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah.
2: She was so like."
0: Scary or whatever? <laughs> yeah, very, like, butch. Yeah. Like, I was getting, like, some butch vibes. <laughs>
2: yeah, the butch jumped out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> BDE, Big dike Energy. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was so good.
0: Um, so, yeah, that was hers, and then Danielle goes, um, Danielle, she does okay. She chokes at the end and forgets easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. And so then Jay's like, what's the one thing that you should know? She's like, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. What's wrong oh, yeah. with me?
2: Oh, my God. Her accent is everything. <laughs> so
0: good. And then she does okay in the second take, but then they kind of, like, call her out for, like, holding the bottle, like, upside down, practically.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, like, held it. Yeah, she was, like, holding it and hiding it in her hand when she was showing it. <laughs>
0: um so danielle that's fine nina goes she does great jay praises her i says it was really impressive and so nina comes off stage and she's like how did you guys do and they just like glare at her
2: (laughs) (laughs) and i think i mean she did good but it was also like she just like does the 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 bare minimum like there's no like real personality exuding from her it's all fake
0: She just has, like, basic charm and then, like, a really dazzling smile. And so she flashes the smile and just has, like, a little bit of natural charisma and that just, like, it just, like, I don't know what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Glamour. That's it. Like, a vampire glamours. Oh,
2: Oh my God. I can't believe you just used the fucking term glamour. That's, like, one of my favorite, like, favorite words (laughs) to describe being charming.
0: I was, like, I I gotta pull it out of somewhere. What is it called? Glamour. That's what she just (laughs) does to everyone.
2: It's you just glamored me,
0: yeah. Nina glamored me. With a smile. <laughs> um, so yeah, she like everyone's pissed at her because she's just like, What? And she's like, We didn't do well. They're like, We didn't do well. Um, you're so winning. Then Brooke goes, Brooke is super nervous, and like Jay's like feeling her pulse, and he's like, Are you okay? Like, are you gonna die?
2: I'm gonna be honest with you, Brooke is, and I talk about this a lot on my podcast. Like, I, I call myself a tiger mom because i have this thing in me where it's like i feel like when people are weak and pathetic like her Mm -hmm. it's like i have to like toughen her up it's not like conscience it's like conscience it's not conscious hi it's a a subconscious thing like i don't think about it but then i'm like oh my god i'm bullying i'm bullying her because i it's like what you have to like what what is your purpose here
1: Mm -hmm.
2: like why is everything so scary
0: yeah it's like one of those things where you kind of just have to like if you're gonna be here you have to get over it like you have to get over it
2: yeah eventually get over it you've been here now mm-hmm. for like a month mm-hmm. <laughs> like you should be good to go as far as being on camera
0: yeah <laughs> so she's super nervous and then i just i love i just like i die as she gives her her improv line because she goes i just love wearing CoverGirl. it's just so nice to wear <laughs> <laughs> oh my and god. You see, It like cuts to Jay and you see the sound guy like cracking up as she gives that line.
1: <laughs> I forgot that she
0: said that. It's just so nice to wear. Like she could not sound any more like fake Valley Girl if she tried.
2: <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's and then so she like good. she like took a drink. And then span around and then sat the drink down right next to her and then like kept walking like she never even engaged it <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so yeah she also forgets her lines at the end so she thinks that she's gonna go home um, and she goes off set and Jade like tries to ask her and she's just like I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about it like and she's you know she's tearing up and she's just trying to like shut Jade down because Jade's being a bitch like as yeah. she does and so Jade has this talking head, and she calls her. She's like, oh, Brookie, she's just so sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you mean sensitive?
1: I died.
2: I had to rewind that, too, to make sure that I heard what she had actually said.
0: One of my favorite things is, like, watching, um, watching like, reality TV and, um, like, seeing people use a word incorrectly and then knowing what word they're trying to use, which is <laughs> having them be super oblivious to it. Like, I was watching, um, uh, Cribs, um, for another podcast that I was on, but I'll wait till, like, that comes out to announce it, and, um, the, it was, like, Mariah Carey, and she uses the word, she's, like, describing one of the rooms in her house, and she's, like, yeah, it was, like, a mirage, and I was, like, <laughs> I think she means oasis, <laughs> because there are mirages of oasises. <laughs>
2: and you when whenever they do that on certain shows like on vanderpump if they do that they always like do that thing where the producers troll where they pause for a a second or two too long after they say something in their talking head just to make them look dumb Mm -hmm. i love that
0: it's so good i love it so yes jade calls her sentimental but she's sensitive (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so now it's jade's turn for her commercial
2: the moment is here
0: She says that she's going to do well because she has style, personality, and class. Because, you know, that's everything to do with improving a commercial.
2: But it's funny because everything that they do, especially in this episode, you would assume just on paper that Jade would be good at it. Because it's all just, like, theatrics. Mm-hmm. But she's terrible.
0: Ugh, so, and also the editing here is amazing because they have, like, the fucking music from, like, what is it, Carmen or some shit where it's like, Yes. She's, she's like, the first take, silence. She says nothing. She just blows kisses and spins around and oohs and ahs and ooh-la-las but does <laughs> yeah. not say anything.
2: She's just going, ooh. Mm.
0: <laughs> it's very, uh. um, Samantha Jones.
2: <laughs> yes. Sex yeah, in
0: just... <laughs> the City, like, mm, Oh, this is party. <laughs> mm. Is so and she good. is like
2: blowing kisses to people who aren't there like it's amazing it's amazing. She,
0: like it's almost like she's like dancing like it's ex- her movements are exaggerated like she puts her hand on her hip all grandly as she like ascends the staircase
2: yeah like the, in my mind when I was watching it I was like the the reason that you would send the emoji of the woman like twisting her dress is, like, what she's giving you. Like, that energy. Mm-hmm. It makes, it's just, like, it's Chantoo's energy.
0: <laughs> oh my god. So, so Jay gets onto her and it's like, you didn't talk, you have to improvise. <laughs> so take two, she's going to improvise. <laughs> So her version of improvising is just like, "Oh, hello, how are you? <laughs> Wonderful party!
2: It's absolutely fabulous." And she's one of those women that says "fabulous" instead of "fabulous," so she <laughs> keeps like, saying it.
0: Spins around she's like "wonderful, fabulous." <laughs> Again, it's like a version. It's like the drag version of Samantha Jones it is
2: like it's like heightened samantha jones if you can even imagine
0: oh my god so and then jay calls her a drag queen he's like oh my god she is a drag queen which is so funny so America's Next Top Model was obviously before, like, I got into Drag Race. It was before Drag Race existed. Right. And so, I, America's Next Top Model was so strongly, like, my middle school, like, experience, middle school, early high school. That's, like, when I was into it. And then Drag Race was, like, very, like, I was super into Drag Race in college. So, these were two very, like, isolated periods of my life. Right. And so, going back and watching this, before Jay even said anything, I was like, oh, my God, this is drag.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just,
0: like, had never realized it before because I had no experience or exposure to that. But, like, even before Jay said anything, I was like, she is a drag queen.
2: She is. Like, she's, like, an elevated version of a normal woman.
1: Like, mm-hmm.
2: everything she does is heightened. She's so dramatic. And, like, the shit that she was saying, like, in her mind, like, this is what party guests say. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And this I is, like, a normal,
0: makeup. normal thing to do at a party.
2: And, like, who just walks to a party and says that they love their covergirl makeup? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what? I love wearing covergirl. <laughs> oh,
0: she's amazing. So, yes, and then she gets to the end, and she, like, holds the product, and then she just chokes, and she's, like, silent, and then she's just, like, fuck.
2: <laughs> like, the pause was, like, 15
1: seconds. Yes, it was she long. Because
0: like, she, like, stopped realized that she forgot the line, laughed a little bit, stopped, and then, like, cursed.
2: <laughs> yeah, but she cursed! I forgot!
0: <laughs> yes, and so, they, and then as soon as she curses, they go, cut! And so, like, that's it. Like, that's your second take. You can't cuss in a CoverGirl commercial.
2: It was unbelievable, and, like, it's just so funny to see, like, these early 2000s moments happening in reality tv that are now memes when you actually get to like fully live in the whole experience of like what led to this moment that people just use on twitter Mm -hmm. you know like actually like living it i was like wow like this is like it was just so good it was so iconic
0: yeah and so another thing is like she says in her talking head after like she gets off set um that if she just had one more take it would have been perfect because she just needed a little bit more direction Which is, like, her go-to excuse, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's the thing she said the entire time. It's, like, first of all, this is improv. (laughs) So, the direction is to improv lines in the first time you didn't speak. So.
0: It's, like, everyone else got it, so I think the amount of direction was fine.
2: Yeah, like, earlier the direction was to ask a question, and you made a statement. It's really not that difficult.
0: Uh, She's so good.
1: She's so so incredible.
0: They get home, they get their tire mail, it says, tomorrow you will meet with the judges, only eight of you will continue on in your hopes of becoming America's next top model. One of you will be eliminated. <laughs> so dramatic. I just love the the little, like, uh, routines that, um, like reality shows get into like with Tyra mm-hmm. always saying that or like saying like you know I have like eight photos in my hand but only seven models stand before me like that kind of thing mm-hmm. whereas like um I was going back and I was listening to Race Chaser like you know the uh, Alaska and Willem podcast
1: mm-hmm. and they were
0: talking about like all of those early scenes of Drag Race like before RuPaul um like really got into oh, the group yeah. saying like bring back my girls and so mm-hmm. it just be these things that were like slightly off like let's bring the girls back inside yeah
2: I actually was just listening to, uh, I I don't remember what it was. I think, I want to say it was, um, Pop Culture Happy Hour or something. It was, like, a podcast talking about, um, Project Runway, and they were saying, yeah, it was, and they were talking about how, like, the thing that you love about shows like Project Runway and Top Chef, even though Project Runway just, um, was, like, rebranded or whatever, but, like, the beats have been the same since the first season. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, when this music plays, that this is about to happen, and it just feels so familiar. It's, like, it's like reading a book that you've read a million times that you love. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so, like, you know, it just feels nice to know what, you, you know what's about to happen.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, just, like, the contours of the show is, like, the same. And, like, coming back and watching the season, just, like, hearing those words and seeing these familiar faces. It's just, yeah. like, it's like, stepping into, a, like, a warm, fuzzy blanket. It's, like, it's it sick. is. I'm in my little reality TV cocoon.
2: Exactly, yeah. Like, I haven't watched this season of the show in, you know, probably 10 years, and I was just, like, right I was right there in it. Like I got all the beats. I knew everything that was about to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So it's the judging panel and the girls come in. And then Tyra does a pretend faint again. Ugh. This bitch.
1: And
2: she keeps scaring, she keeps being so good at her acting <laughs> that people convincing. think it's real. Yeah. That's she's so, that's so that's convincing. The,
0: the lesson. So yeah, Nigel and Twiggy were like, oh my God, what just happened? And so, yeah, she explains that she had, like, the fake fainting. And so, in this moment, did you think that she was being a little bit condescending? Where she, like, turned towards, I mean, maybe she wasn't trying to be, but it definitely was just that Tyra kind of, like, tone-deaf condescending vibe. Because she is like, oh, well, this week I, like, did this fake fainting to teach the girls about acting. And one of the girls got a little bit emotional. And I'm sorry, because I didn't intend that.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, oh my god, are you kidding me? That was my favorite part of the whole judging panel when she said that. <laughs> when she's, like, she basically, like, I was so good earlier at my, my acting that I made one of the girls cry. Like, you had to make it a point to say that. Okay.
1: We did it. That's just,
0: like, that's when you said, um, that she doesn't, like, feel embarrassment. This is the moment that I shot back to because it was, like, not only did she have no shame that she did that, but she, like, with them again by like making fun of them at judging panel by doing it again
2: I'm telling you you'll never now that you know that I've never been able to view her the same I see her and I almost feel like it's helped me embrace her mm-hmm. even more I'm like Tyra just doesn't get embarrassed because I've always been like how does she how is she so unaware like so not self-aware
0: but I'm okay, like I just had a thought do you think Tyra's a sociopath a little bit I mean, like, now yeah. it's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. She's gotta be a sociopath. Like, one of the, like, not gonna kill anyone sociopaths, but... But, like,
2: she really... I wanna really hammer the fact that she meant what she was saying.
0: Oh, yeah. She doesn't
2: feel embarrassed. Like, she's never felt it. That's weird.
0: Yes. I, I think that she's a sociopath, and that's, like, probably the one thing that she feels, like, comfortable coughing to is, like, I don't feel embarrassment. Because she yeah. probably doesn't feel any kind of shame or, like, regret yeah. or whatever the fuck.
2: She's Damn. the most confident woman in the world in, like, the weirdest way. And anytime time Tyra's ever had to, like, emote, it's just pure shenanigans, the actrix. You know what I mean? When she's, like, has to get emotional or cry, like, you're, you, like, are literally looking at her knowing that she's acting. But you're just like, oh, it's just Tyra, or so whatever.
0: God, Tyra. I know. All right. So they have their individual evaluations. Um, Molly Sue, they they see each of their, like, best takes, which is for the most part the take that we pretty much already saw when they showed them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we get to double dip on this. Um, So, yeah, Molly Sue, Nigel says there's no passion in her eyes. The judges say that she seemed a little bit scary, kind of like we talked about. yeah. I love Danielle because they read her for, like, taking a drink and then putting it right back down on the (laughs) tray, and she just, uh, she just, like, rolls with it, and she's like, yep, I wasn't gonna let him get away.
2: Yeah, she's really, really, really charming. Like, she's She's, really charming.
0: She's, like, charming in a way that's so much more genuine and warm than Nina is.
2: Yeah, like, she's, like, charming in a way that's, like, um, like, you're able to, like, accept all her flaws because she's, like, just so cool, like, chill with herself, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh,
0: Yeah, I love her. She's one of my favorite winners. Yeah. Um, And then Tyra, like, this is kind of going to be, like, the common refrain for Danielle. Like, she needs to work on her southern accent. Mm -hmm. She can't be a cover girl with an accent like that.
2: And Tyra leans into, as she's telling her, she goes, you really need to work on a newscaster voice. Mm -hmm. A voice where, in any part of the country, you sound exactly the same. And then Tyra, like, inadvertently leaned into her newscaster voice.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh Tyra I know and so um Feranda they kind of give her a little bit of shit for her easy easy breezy beautiful because she like did three little poses with each line which was a little bit cheesy um but other than that she did well and then Tyra tells the judges that she was a challenge winner and explains that you know like she won the challenge and then we get some like truly horrific ADR like voiceover where it's like and you'll be on Veronica Mars did oh you my catch god! That?
2: Every time, I love the top model voiceover. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like
0: they make no effort whatsoever.
2: That's actually Tyra's um, newscaster voice. Is her voiceover voice? It's um, mm. it's she sounds like a dolly.
0: Yeah, it's like so like it. I couldn't even tell it was Tyra at first because like one the ADR was just so bad, but her her voice was so weird.
2: Yeah, So weird. It's like the one of the weirdest uh, Tyra alters. Mm-hmm
0: um so then brooke goes up and they show her like i love i just love wearing covergirl makeup it's so nice and so like of course it's hilarious but nina is being a bitch because she's like doubling over with laughter behind
1: her (laughs) i know
0: (laughs) and so the judges kind of are like "Mm, not great and so at this point this is like one of my favorite exchanges of the episode twiggy's like so i love twiggy because she's so sweet and she like tries to throw her a bone and she's just like oh i understand how it is because when i first started i was terribly shy and we see like it cuts over to brooke and she just kind of like nods like very like thank you for giving me an out like for like You know, like, we have this moment of connection here. And then Tyra's just like, well, it's not about being shy, because some of the best actresses in the world are the most shy people. It's about stage fright. There's a difference.
2: There's a difference.
0: Like She says it's so bitchy.
2: And she makes it a point not to look over at Twiggy as she's saying it. Like, I'm giving the definitive answer, thank
0: you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Nina goes up, and they give her a little bit of shit for, like, busting through the guests, like, taking no (laughs) prisoners as she's going, like, you know, on her route, but Otherwise, like, you know, they think that it does fine. Um, Joni goes up. <laughs> Joni's thing is just so funny. And then Nigel says that she's, like, unsophisticated and that, like, look at where you are. Like, there needs to be more of a level of sophistication. I don't know. I thought his critique was a little bit weird there.
2: I thought so, too. It's like, what are you trying to say that she's white trash? <laughs> are you trying to, like, nicely say she's trashy? She actually reminds me a lot of somebody who would be cast in, like, um... Like, I feel like she should be an actor. Do you know what I mean? Like, she should be in mm-hmm. acting. She just looks like somebody who would be in, like, a Quentin Tarantino movie or something.
0: Yeah, she's very expressive.
2: Mm-hmm. She's super expressive, and she's funny.
0: Yeah, she's really funny. So I, I could see her doing pretty well for, like, acting, but... Yeah. Um, Leslie, I don't understand their, like, critiques. Not, like, critiques even, but just, like, comments on Leslie, Because what they focus on is like, wow, she looks amazing. The camera loves her. Like, she looks like such a model in that commercial. And I was just like, I don't see it any more than, like, any other thing she's ever done on this season.
2: Yeah, I know. I didn't think she did well, really, at all. Like, she was just sort of robotic. and.
0: Yeah. And she just, like, and she has that kind of, like... Weird walk where her like hips sway a little bit, and so you know, like she just kind of like is stomping across the set with a little <laughs> bit of sass, but
2: <laughs> like talking a mile a minute.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I thought that was kind of weird that they really loved her. Um, and then Sarah again, they like read her for having the drink in her hand on the same level as the product, but both out of frame. Mm-hmm. And since she started strong, but she didn't end as strong. So I, I appreciate that she at least got some um, good feedback on her, like, improv line. Because I really did like the, like, don't be a wallflower, wallflower put your best face forward. Because it really sounds like something that you would hear in a CoverGirl commercial.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I also liked that Tyra said, um, she said, like, you looked the most like a CoverGirl model. Because she did. Like, mm-hmm. she looked like she was in a legit. Covergirl commercial. Everybody else looked like girls on Top Model pretending to do a Covergirl commercial, kind of. Yeah. But she really, really looked like she could have been, like, an actual Covergirl model.
0: Yeah. So then Jade is the last person to go up, because the producers knew that we needed yeah. to end on drama. Yep. So they play her take, where, she, you know, she improvs her, like, wonderful, fabulous, and then curses at the end. Yeah. Um, And so immediately, Jade's like, you chose my worst one.
2: It's like you know better than to talk back to the judges, girl.
0: I know. Like what? This is episode five at this point. Like you've already been like you know, got, like already told you so many times. You need to shut up and listen and like yeah. eat your humble pie. And so, you know, she's, like, trying to say that, like, you chose my worst one. Like, in the other ones, I did the line perfectly. Like, I did them perfectly. My improv was just bad. And they were, like, well, it was an improv challenge, so we had to choose a take where you actually improv something.
2: Yeah, like, you were, there were two takes, and they were both abysmal. Like, mm-hmm. what yeah. do you want?
0: And so, yeah, and then what I love, too, is that Tyra asked, like, okay, well, who else in here, like, be honest, like, who else saw that we chose your worst take? And, like, two or three girls raised their hands, and she's, like, see, you're not the only one who thinks that you're yeah. the only one who has the balls to say something
2: yeah and you need to know that this is um handmaid's tale and you're not allowed to have opinions or thoughts when it comes to the judges
0: no talking back Mm-mm. <laughs> they're all of tyra
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god every contestant's name is of tyra
0: <laughs> <laughs> now that's a fucking snl sketch
2: oh my god there you that's go so you're like- welcome That was really funny. You need to write that down. I don't know for what, but you need to write it down for something.
0: Copyright, this is mine. Yeah. I'm doing the
2: Tyra thing, you guys.
0: All right. I'm going to sell that joke to Letterman. (laughs) Um... So then they have deliberation. They basically just go over what we just heard, but they do call Jade a drag queen again. And Tyra's was just like, oh, she was like, oh, yes, darling, wonderful.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then Miss J says that Brooke looks like a trout and says that if this is America's next top trout, she'd be in.
2: <laughs> oh, God. This is such a good, this was a good year for the judging panel.
0: <laughs> I know. It was Probably that's my favorite judging panel. Yeah. Because I love Twiggy. Nigel's, I mean, like, he's horrible, but I also, like, love him on the judging panel because he's, like, horrible. hmm He's like And then Jay is just amazing. I didn't, I hated Nole Marin. I thought he was so boring. And then Janice oh, was yeah. just too much.
2: Nole was boring as hell. Janice was too much. And then what's her name? Um, the, I can't think of the other model, the Russian.
0: Oh, Paulina Poroskova.
2: Paulina was just, like, boring.
0: And that was, like, that was, like, what, eight, nine. 10 onward yeah That was like the seasons that I'm not as familiar with because really like seven was like I I was obsessed with seven I think after seven I was like it's all downhill from here folks like yes done
2: yeah and like Janice was like um if Janice Janice was entertaining because it's fucking Janice Dickinson but Mm -hmm. she would have literally run this show into the ground
0: yeah she was she was a lot to handle
2: like her calling girls screaming fat at girls
1: Mm-hmm. In
2: like 2016, 2017 wouldn't fly.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, that's celebration. They bring the girls back in. Veronica's called up first because she did super well. They just go down the line. Um, the one thing I did want to point out is that when they call Danielle up and Tyra is like, now Danielle, don't be don't be talking on that accent now. like whatever the fuck accent that she's doing for Danielle. Reminded me of the firefly from The Princess and the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) It was this, like, weird-ass, like, almost Cajun accent that did not sound like Danielle.
2: At all. It's always really, really fun to watch Tyra do impersonations of the girls when they come up to get their picture. Like, I forgot about that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Until this moment, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm like in for another little treat before the show ends." I forgot. And again,
0: you just have to like take. You just have to take Tyra like giving you all this shit. Mm-hmm.
2: Just stand there and smile at her and fake giggle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> As she's like calling you a hillbilly, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "My mom, you're my mom." <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, they get all called up, and then the last three are um, Brooke, Molly, Sue, and Jade. And then again, like Tyra like gives Brooke shit, and she's just like. I don't really understand, because this wasn't even Brooke's thing, necessarily. Like, she has her eyes closed, and she's like, huh, what, what?
1: I was about Which to ask like, you.
0: That wasn't what she was doing at any point. If she had been like, Brooke, come up. It's so, you're turned you're yeah. or, like, something like that. Like, talking <laughs> yeah. what she had actually said. But it wasn't like she was, like, wandering around with her eyes closed.
2: I... Didn't understand the impersonation and it almost like it felt like it took Brooke a second to realize like, oh, that's her me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: her like my impersonation or whatever. Like I'm being trolled now. Okay.
0: So and I thought that was kind of interesting because Brooke was the one who had um all episodes said that she was worried that she would be eliminated. So it's interesting that she wasn't even in the bottom two. I
2: yeah, guess. I mean it's absurd. It's like what is this girl doing here in the first place? <sighs>
0: So yeah, Jade and Molly Sue step forward and Molly Sue says, or Tyra says that Molly Sue is there because of lack of persona, which if she had just talked to Nick Campman, yeah. she would not be up there.
2: I know. How funny is that?
0: Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, I know that this is like a reality TV trope. It's just that the judges are asking for something that I'm delivering when they're not around, but whenever they're there, I can't seem to bring it. Like it's a very common thing in reality TV. Yeah. But I feel like in other like reality shows, there have been times where it's like maybe even in other seasons of top model where it's like, Oh, I heard from so-and-so when I wasn't there that Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z is actually happening. So I know this about you or something like that or they show yeah. it in another way, but, like, Molly Sue was, tr- like, never able to, like, bring the personality, which is so funny.
2: That's why for Top Model, and even, um, same thing for Drag Race, I always like when, I always really enjoy when the person who was, like, at the photo shoot is the judge.
0: Mm-hmm, because they can bring that perspective.
2: Yeah, like, they were there for the whole day for, like, if somebody had, like, a tantrum or whatever, um, it's, like, one thing for them to be, like, for, you know, for Tyra to be, like, oh, we heard that you got upset on set today. What happened?
1: Mm-hmm. Compared to,
2: like, the the judge that was there, like, reading them for filth and mm-hmm. being, like, you were terrible today. I want to make sure that it's known that you were horrible to people today.
0: Like the um, the director saying, like, after, like, during deliberation where he's, like, well, I thought Jade had two bad takes, so.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: And so, yes, and then Jade is down there, and Tyra says not even because she had two bad takes, but because she plays the blame game, which, yeah. Um, And so she even tells her that the director said that both of her takes were bad and that the judges are very turned off by her attitude. (sighs) But that doesn't matter, because she keeps Jade.
2: Yeah, of course. But
0: I I do appreciate, like, she does have, like, at least a bit of humanity, because she goes in for a hug immediately for Molly Sue. Like, she doesn't just, like, go up and get her picture. I know. I know there's There's a softness, I guess she's
2: a human person,
0: um, and so Tyra tells Jade that she doesn't know it all and that she needs to listen and learn. And Jade pretty much never takes that lesson to heart for the entire rest of the season
2: i I will I'm in now. i'm I will be starting from the first episode and watching the entirety. Of oh my season God, six. you
0: have to you have to. it's so good.
2: I was like i I was tempted to just keep going after I finished, and I was like, I should. Stop because I know myself.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, after the end of the finale, because I always watch the whole season when I can to like give the context of yeah. like the greater context of the season, but I was just like, oh, I know the next one is cycle seven and that's my favorite.
2: So who's the winner of cycle seven?
0: Carrie D. Oh, I can name the first 10 winners ooh. like all like one through 10 immediately. That's it right good now. season. It's Adrian, Joanna, Eva, Naima, my favorite winner. Uh, Nicole, um, Nick was robbed. Danny, Carrie D, Jasleen, Salisha, Uh, Whitney. Yep, all ten. Jasleen!
2: The iconic walk.
0: (sighs) Jasleen with her, her face, man. Just, like, that jaw. Oh my god,
2: jawline for days.
0: Jasleen, I mean, they gave Jade a lot of shit for looking like a drag queen, but...
2: No, she had, like, a jaw, like a fucking, uh, like, um, Like a quagmire jaw
0: oh my god that's so true (laughs) and then that was also the season um with natasha who everyone thought was (gasps) a russian mail order bride no
2: my favorite oh natasha is my favorite character in the history of next hat model
0: i have a complicated relationship with her i need to go back and watch it because it's been a while i need to see like how my feelings have changed like they did for melrose
2: i just like i remember being able to uh I remember with her being like I like her even though I feel like there are moments where they don't want us to
1: mm-hmm. As like a
2: reality tv character and I'll never forget the episode where they had to make it you know the infamous are you gonna make it on time to all of your ghosties. sees
1: uh,
0: so dramatic
2: that was like her moment in the sun
0: I need to go back because it's been a while because like eight uh, I watched up to, like, eight or nine, I think, a couple of, like, two or three years ago, and mm-hmm. I just, eight doesn't really stick with me. I need to go back and rewatch it, because that's also the one that has Renee, who's the one who, like, later on went on to, like, rob something, or she was in, like, a police standoff oh, yeah, and got 12 years in prison, and then got released yeah. after five, so she's out now. I she was on Dr. Phil. Yeah, and uh, J- JL, JL was also in eight, and she was also on Dr. Phil.
2: That makes me really sad.
0: JL, did you did you see that she just passed away last year? Yeah. That was so sad because she had um like stage four, I think it was breast cancer, and she, she had, was just, like diagnosed and like within months passed away.
2: Her Dr. Phil episode was one of the saddest and most intense things I've ever watched on TV.
0: I haven't seen that, but um, when I was doing my research for this, I was seeing that she had like still maintained like up until her death that like she felt exploited um by him and going on that segment.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's, like, nothing you've ever seen, really, on TV. I mean, he's, like, chasing, like, she runs out of the, um, out of the studio, like, through, like, the alleyway in the back, and the cameras chase her, and he's, like, living for, like, the theatrics of her, you know, having this anxiety attack in front of everybody, and, like, she was exploited for an hour on TV, just, like, a show, it was, like, Elephant Man times 20
0: ugh, it's awful. And she's, like, so sad now to, like, know that, you know, she fought to get sober, and she yeah. was, and then she, like, was just, like, had this horrible disease that just took her when she was so young.
2: Yeah, it was, that's, yeah, it was terrible. Her and Renee are, like, the darkest. Um, it's
0: wild that they were on the same cycle together.
2: I know, and I remember Renee was, like, poor, right? That was her thing. She had no mm-hmm. money.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> on that
2: note, Jesus. All right,
0: well, let's end this thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, Jade stays, Molly Sue has to go. It's really sad. Like, Danny, did you notice, like, Danielle's, like, crying, like, immediately, like, Rug like, runs up and hugs her, like, super fiercely, so I guess they were, like, pretty close.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And then Molly Sue was just saying, like, I never thought that I would be eliminated for, like, lack of personality of all things, and, you know, I felt like I was getting better each uh, episode, like, each photo shoot. I felt I was really progressing, and I thought I was actually had a chance to win this. So she, like, really took her elimination hard.
2: She did for somebody who didn't I mean she didn't come off as somebody who was like so ravenously desperate to, mm-hmm, to
0: win. So she didn't make like much of an impact really.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but actually like she goes on to have quite an interesting career. Um so we'll do the Where Are They Now's. That's okay. that's the end of the episode. Um, so I'll start with Danielle, who it's so funny because I didn't realize, well, I knew like I know her as Danny, but it was because after she won, she like dropped the like yell from her name and she went by Danny professionally. Okay. And so a couple of years ago one of my friends was rewatching um America's Next Top Model also sidebar she got mad at me cuz I spoiled cycle 5 but I was like it's a 13 year old show.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's that's not fair.
0: <laughs> I was like the statute of limitations is up bitch. Um <laughs> so I was talking about Danny 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 and she was like who is Danny and I was like Danielle the winner of cycle 6 and she was like she's not Danny she's Danielle. So anyway, she started going by Danny. Um, she won the cycle, signed with Ford Models. She's currently with Click Model Management and she's done like a ton of stuff, lots of print work, including L, L Girl, In Touch, Essence Sephora. She did the Tory Birch line for Saks Fifth Avenue. She's done runway work. Um, she did New York Fashion Week. She's actually, um, and I don't know what this is. I watched an eHow video that tried to explain it to me. I didn't understand. But she received her show card from her agency for Fashion Week. And she's one of the few top model alumni to do so. So it's something significant. Nice. That's and if you're cool. into fashion, that probably means something to you. Um, she was also in a CoverGirl commercial with Queen Latifah. And was also one of the few top model winners to have her contract with CoverGirl renewed after like the initial contract was up. Um, And interestingly, she made a guest appearance on an episode of my Super Sweet 16 special for Chris Brown's 18th birthday.
2: What? What did she do?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I need to, like, try and find it. But also, I don't want to, like, really consume Chris Brown content in case he gets, like, residuals. Yeah. (laughs) So, I was just like, that's weird. He probably just, like, she probably just shows up and she's like, I'm a hot model right now. Like, and this is an 18-year-old guy who's famous.
2: She, like, pops out of a cake and smizes.
0: Oh, I bet. Um, so Joni went on to be an L Girl and Go magazine. She was on the cover of Maniac magazine. Um, and currently she's signed with Elite Hong Kong and uh Real Manage and Talent um and just like a couple other modeling agencies. So she has like consistent work. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Jade also is doing pretty well. She's signed with several different agencies um internationally. So she's been uh signed with Diva models based out of Singapore, Dream Models from Hong Kong. Uber warning models based in LA and something called BHM in Vancouver. Also something um, in Seattle. So she, you know, does a lot of work. She partnered with Casa de Amparo, which is an organization aims to treat and prevent child abuse and neglect. And she also is the founder of Biracial Butterfly Productions, an agency that repre- represents models of uh, biracial ethnicities. What? Yeah. Oh my
2: God, Bethany Frankel. I just- who?
0: I just love that she took, like, her biracial butterfly thing and just, like, turned it into her brand.
2: Yeah, like, what? I'm really blown away by that. Good for her.
0: Um, And so Sarah, since appearing on the show, she did some modeling work, um, working with Next Model Management and Elite in Los Angeles, um, Passport Models in San Francisco. She appeared on the cover and a spread in Engage magazine, but she's since left the industry and she's married and living in Washington, D.C., Um, And it said in the summer of, or sorry, in May 2010, she accepted a position as summer associate at the prestigious international law firm Hogan Lovells. So that was something that was talked about a little bit this season, but um, Sarah had been planning on going to law school before she was, like, found and scouted for a top model.
1: So it's kind of nice that that she got to do,
0: like, both. She got to, like, do her modeling career, and then, like, now she's working in law. yeah. Um, And so, for Rhonda, um, after being eliminated from the show, she received a contract from LA Models. She's also worked with Seven Model Management, BHM in Vancouver, which is um, the one that Jade also was in. Um, And she even had her own TV show, which I'm thinking was probably just, like, an internet show or, like, a fucking Roku channel. Yeah. uh, Because it was called Model Me TV.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely some kind of, like, it was on, what's that network, that uh, streaming service called that's free? a Jerry Seinfeld show used to be on. I'll oh, think of God. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was some shit like that. Um, and then Nina has also signed with several different um, agencies, including O Model Africa, Essential Model, Bookings Model Agency. Um, she's been on the cover of True Love, Clam, Onyx Style, and Time Out London magazines, also appeared in Essence Jewel and Arise magazine. She's also been in a commercial for McDonald's.
2: Love that for her.
0: And then Brooke, um, she well, you know, I guess your tire mobbing worked because she still models um, under the name Brooke Zenaida or just Zenaida, which is her middle name, and okay. she's currently with Q Models in Los Angeles in the Neil Hamill agency.
2: You know, this is like so funny to me because I re- I don't know if you um, do you ever listen to Kate Casey?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so.
2: So Kate Casey is a really good podcast that you would actually really love because it's all for it's a lot of like producers of reality shows talking about how they produced it like old shows like Ooh. um, it's a lot of old talent from random things like episodes of true life and
1: oh my god yes. it's
2: just really 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 deep cuts for reality tv people mm-hmm. and she just recently interviewed um adrian mm-hmm. and Adrian like, lives in, like, Utah or something. Like, she, like, lives in, like, the middle of nowhere and sells Avon. Avon,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, she's oh, like an yeah.
2: Avon queen.
0: I am going to be talking about Adrian. I'm going to go uh, go back and do Surreal Life Season 4 so that I can do my Fair Brady.
2: Oh, I love that! I'm obsessed. But, like, it's just so funny because she was, like, talking – she talks to Kate about how, you know, when this show was so new that, mm-hmm. like, during her era of it, like, when she was – let go, or not let go, but when like when it was over, she couldn't get a job, and like it was really hard for people to take her seriously. Like she was basically like blackballed; like nobody wanted to have anything to do with her. No, like real like brands wanted her to be wearing their clothes because she was like that girl from a reality TV show.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because like I she was like has been notorious for having had such a hard time, and like has such like a beef with Tyra, like because she feels yeah. like, she was, like set up for failure or whatever. But now it's, like, all these other girls, like, they were just on the show for, like, half a minute, and they've at least gotten, like, one modeling contract, you know?
2: Yeah, they really were at that sweet spot where it was, like, the show was proven to be successful. It was, like, a cultural phenomenon, and they were able to really, like, profit off of, like, that peak, peak moment of Mm -hmm. top model history where it was the whole entire world was engaged with it. And, like, you know, it's just, it's crazy how different things were just in that short time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah even Leslie like she was I think one of the youngest she was only 18 it says that after she left the show um, she went back to school but dropped out to pursue modeling and she's even been signed to elite model management and Ford models um, okay. and so then Molly Sue the girl who got eliminated this episode actually has become an incredibly su- successful international model like one of the most successful models to come out of the top model franchise wow yeah, so she relocated to Paris, and she was featured as one of Paris's top models in Photo Magazine, and she's done, I mean, her campaign list was so long, I just, like, picked some of the highlights, but she was in French Cosmo, Russian Vogue, Japanese Vogue, and Italian Vogue.
2: Oh my god, I love that for
0: her. And, like, tons of campaigns. She did, like, Levi's, like, all kinds of stuff, and has been, like, signed like, all kinds of international agencies, like, there was, like, a a Greek agency, Parisian agency, like, Italian agencies, just, like, all over Europe, um, and internationally, Molly Sue is really big, and so, um, there was this website that I was on, I think it was, like, antm411.com, and so it has, like, profiles on each of the girls, and it shows all of their pictures from, like, the photo shoots they did on top model, and then if they're, like, actual, you know, like, working models, it has some of, um, there are photographs from their portfolio as well. And Molly Sue's is extensive and versatile, let me tell you.
2: Oh, my God. I'm actually looking at her. I'm looking at her right now. Like, I'm actually blown away.
0: Right? Like, isn't yeah. that amazing?
2: It's, she's 29 different people in one body.
0: She literally looks different in every single photo. And there's, like, one where she has, like, long black hair. And I was just like, I can't even tell. Like, it looks like a completely different person.
2: Good for her.
0: I know I'm really proud of her because yeah. she was like she really wanted to do this and she just like because kind of shit on like in her time on top model
2: yeah like she was like one of the girls that you would expect like kind of the least from so it's cool that she mm-hmm. went on yeah okay I just got to the long black. I have to like put my phone down I just got to the long black hair picture I uh-huh. put my phone down like I'm like <laughs> what is happening oh, I, my know. God. But, yeah, I
0: know but yeah good for her um, and so then I just want to touch on Tyra really quick because there were just a few things that I just had to talk about um, that she's been up to since uh, ANTM. So obviously she hosted until Cycle Twenty Two. Um, she had her talk show until two thousand and ten. Uh, in two thousand and eleven, she published a young adult novel called Model Land based on her own experiences as being a young model. Um, she's obviously done a bunch of acting like in TV and film. Most recently, Life Size Two came out in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Did you see it? I didn't watch it.
2: I didn't watch it either. When, that, when I found out that Lindsay Lohan wasn't going to have like a major role, I just kind of pushed it away. <laughs>
0: just like, want nothing to do with this? Nothing to do with it. Um, also in 2018, her and her mother co-authored a book called Perfect is Boring. i know um she started dating a norwegian photographer named eric osla in the 2010s and they had their first child together via surrogacy in 2016 um i am very like pro surrogacy pro egg donation like do what you need to do to like have the reproductive choices that you need to do yeah so shout out to tyra for like talking about that i think it's really important um my favorite thing that i found since uh top model um in 2011 tyra enrolled in a nine-week opm like owner president management program at the harvard business school uh she completed the training in february 2012 earning a certificate but she has since come under criticism for implying that she is a graduate of harvard business school
2: this is like the best i mean I'll, i'll never forget her telling like tweeting that she was going to harvard
0: this is peak Tyra to like get a certificate from Harvard and be like Harvard business graduate, Tyra Banks.
2: Like she's like doing the same thing that Black China just did. And like Black China like is now under fire and people are like, girl, we've actually heard this before from other celebrities. You're not the first to claim to have gone to Harvard and graduated in three weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ugh, it's just amazing. Um, so I think we've majorly touched on this, but I always like to say like do these shows hold up? Are they worth a rewatch? I mean, I think for Top Model, it's, like, a big hell-fucking-yes.
2: Be- beyond. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially
0: these seasons. Like, Cycle 4 to Cycle 7 are just, like, just like peak for me. Just amazing Top Model in- entertainment. Um, and, yeah, it's, like, foundational reality TV that's, like, important to watch if you want to see, like, where the things that we're watching now, like, have come from
2: yeah for sure i mean it's that's that's my personal favorite thing about watching it like it's it's like being able to understand our current pop culture so much more and like if you are listening to this and you're like a younger person who loves drag race and maybe you haven't gone back and watched a bunch of episodes of old top model like you really should i feel like i appreciate the best seasons of drag race so much more because i understand the nuances and the jokes
1: from mm-hmm. Top Model,
2: like, you know what I mean? Like this show is so formative of like our culture and mm-hmm. it's just the best. Actually for you, I really truly would suggest you go and watch some of the the wackier seasons after you stopped because mm-hmm. the it's like the editing and, uh, how can I say this? Uh, the I can't believe I'm about to use this word to describe the show, but like the integrity <laughs> of this show actually does remain the same it's Mm -hmm. just that there's, like, these wacky twists, and it's fun to see, like, like, when the men are on the show, it's the, it's identically the same show, it's exactly the same, like, the beats are the same, nothing's different, except for the fact that they, like, have sex in the house.
0: Okay, send me some, um, suggestions for, like, some of the better, um, cycles from cycle 11 to 22, and I'll, I'll see what I think.
2: Okay, all right, cool, I actually really would, like, love to pick those i'm going to okay. send them immediately yes
0: please I, I love it i love when people like give me suggestions okay um all right well troy plug what you need to plug where can the people find you
2: um well my podcast is called this mushroom spelled s-m-u-s-h and i always say that it's easy to find because it's not a word and uh you can find me on twitter at troy mckeedy it's T R O Y M C E A D Y. um the instagram for my mm. podcast is um Smushroom pod and uh yeah you and I recorded a really fun mama june and honey bear honey bear wow I'm tired I warped today I'm tired uh sugar bear episode together that was really 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 good and uh you guys should listen to it
0: honestly yeah I don't want to toot my own horn but I am I'm a smush room completionist I've listened to every episode <laughs> and I gotta say it's one of my favorites just because that's such a good couple to talk about
2: Yeah, agreed. I 100%. Like, I, I was like, blown away by how, like, deep and intense that actually got.
0: Yeah, it was great. So yes, everyone, if you haven't listened to the Smush Room yet, I talk about it all the time. It's amazing. It's like, it's a foundational reality TV podcasting.
2: (laughs) Oh my god, thank you so much.
0: All right, and you can find me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast and on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Um, feel free to email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for me to talk about, please, please, please let me know. Um, If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. And please listen to the Smish Room and leave a five-star rating review there as well. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Troy, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I can't believe we've been talking about this for like almost two hours now. I know. I feel like I can talk about it for like five more hours.
2: I know. Thank you so much for having me. I want to come back at some point.
0: Please, please, please. I want to have you back soon. Let me know what you want to talk about. This is amazing. I love, just give me something. I love your picks. All right, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye.